Tomb Raider and Fallout. Early adopters beware. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. Sawbridges, bringing you guys Lucky Episode 86. Wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I swear we did. We did we not update this and like we should have? Because <clears throat> I'm pretty sure this is not. 86. I don't think we did. We're going to do a little bit of fact checking, but <clears throat> until then, this is Triangle Square, a PlayStation podcast. If this is your first time listening to us or seeing us on the YouTube's, of course you can find us every Monday on uh, YouTube and video format at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST. If you like what we're doing over there, consider subscribing. Hit the little bell notification lets you know when these videos go live like we said every monday at least with some extra ones here and there as we do little bonus episodes and reader mail if you like what we're doing what we're talking about we'd love to hear your thoughts below in the comments uh, and what your thoughts are on the topic of every show uh, if you want to listen to us in audio only format of course you can do so on itunes google play music spotify so that's android apple regardless of what you have you can find us on some kind of a podcast service uh, google podcast i think is the new one that google's pushing around uh, and of course if you want to interact with us from there since you can't do so in the comments you can find us on twitter at triangle sqrd you can find us on Facebook at Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast, which is a group you can ask to join. We'll glad, gladly let anybody in and uh, have a conversation with you. And then lastly, <clears throat> I apologize, you can find us on Patreon at Nartech Gaming. That's what we do there. And you can support us in this show and anything we do outside of this show, which is occasional. Boy, I keep burping. I apologize. But I am still thirsty. So and, with uh, that said, welcome to episode 87. I had a feeling, yeah. but I didn't want to, you we know, didn't, we didn't change. We have documents, people, and we keep up with things via these documents. Well, this one, I'm going to go ahead and preemptively change to episode 88. Well, see, what we need to do is we actually need to kill and sacrifice that one because it was part of our problem. You, you no, know, I don't think when you have problems, you cut off the dead skin. You don't just like slightly stitch the new skin back together. You know what I mean? That sounds like a Jeepers Creepers situation. No, I don't know. I've just been playing a lot of Red Dead, so I guess my mind's stuck in the ancient medicine days, you Speaking know? Speaking of which, uh, anyway, what, though, what have you been playing? What have you been playing? So, yeah, I've been playing a lot of Red Dead. Uh, really, when the pace picked up, I kind of started playing. So about this, pretty much this whole week, I've been playing a lot more Red Dead with a little bit of Destiny, so kind of reverse the roles, uh, though I do plan to play Destiny tonight. Um before I go back to work tomorrow, four-day weekends are fun, though, and that gives me just the right amount of time because 27th, which is Tuesday, the day after this goes live, Darksiders 3 comes out, and I can go pick that up. And I don't have – I may have Spyro on my backlog, but I think I can manage Spyro and Darksiders a lot more easily than something like Red, Red Dead. Dead. And, yeah, and, you know. for sure. Uh, mine's kind of similar. It's I played a little bit less Destiny. This week, did you get back into Red Dead? Because in your last uh, episode, you were saying that because of the spoiler stuff, you didn't know. Yeah, I, I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon. Unfortunately, there may be a day here soon, maybe even tomorrow, where I am just a little bored, or not even bored, but you know, having the urge to go back in. So that may be a possibility to happen. But I also downloaded Monster Hunter World yet again. And I think that uh, one night this week, maybe Wednesday night, if we can set it up with you, me, John, uh, Ryan, uh, Josh, and uh, Richard, we can all play some Monster Hunter. But uh, can you play with that many people? I, I thought you could do I groups you could of do four. four. So then maybe maybe me, you, Ryan, and then John, and then if, it, depending on who can get on, who can't, we can switch out. 
But yeah, we'll figure that out. Other than Destiny, uh, I picked up Let's Go Pikachu, and I've been playing a fair amount of that. I got to Beryllion City last night, uh, and got on the SSN, but okay. been having a fun time with it. But that's really kind of it. Not a whole lot. Been on the Better Call Saul ball lately. So, perfect game to sit on my couch, and, and I'm having to rewatch it to let my fiance go through it so I can kind of watch her reactions and it's giving me something to play while I'm doing so. And also, you don't got to feel like you're like hyper focused because you already kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And I, I completely <clears> forgot <throat> about it until last night. I was too tired to start it, but I actually was going to start this guy three on the Vita last night, but I was like, sure. eh, did you buy it or did you still have it back when it was free on PS plus? No, I bought it. Cool. I bought it. I got it on a sale. So Brett, there is no drop this week. Uh, there is no drop. Thanks to uh, holidays. So we hope you guys had great Thanksgivings. Yeah. We hope uh, you, you didn't get hurt in the Black Friday rampages that you could definitely go find on YouTube. They have there. slowed, though. And that's because, and I was talking with somebody, you know, definitely here. Uh, when you look at the way that this stuff ends up working out, you know, we're not necessarily a small city. We're small enough. I mean, but, you know, with us being a twin city, so there's Texarkana, Arkansas, and then there's Texarkana, uh, Texas. Uh, so we are, I'm like a couple blocks from the state line, you know, it's not very far. Uh, but literally, we can just go directly in there. So when you take our two populations and put them together, the last time they did the census, which was 2010, uh, we were over 100,000 uh, by just a little bit. Uh, we're like 3,535 or something, and then uh, Texas is like 67. Um, that makes sense. But anyway, so you got to think about that. A town of 100,000 people is not necessarily our city. I shouldn't say a town, but a city of 100,000 people, uh, you know, all together is not really small. But this year's particularly and i noticed it a little bit last year black friday isn't near as bad doorbusters don't just like people aren't throwing stuff around anymore Do you know why uh, online shopping has gotten more and more proliferated obviously but i think the other thing is is that they they've literally extended everything the sales no longer start on black friday That's they're on thursday yeah. some of them started like uh, best buy and walmart were sending me emails to go ahead and get their black friday deals on tuesday if i wanted to just order them from the internet instead then you also have cyber monday which used to be cyber monday but now it's just Cyber Week. Week weekend, yeah. It's yeah. Like I was getting emails from Newegg starting, I think, on Thursday, and I still got an email today from Newegg. So that's, I was going to say, my, the two main contributing factors for sure is Best Buy opening up with, along with GameStop. I got a text from GameStop, and they opened up at 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Yeah, So which is really unfortunate. No, it man. is. That's why I, we're, we'll, we'll get to it here in uh, in one, spe- one particular question we'll answer, but... Um, no drop for a holiday week, so let us guys know if you enjoyed your holiday. Did you have to work? Did you get to sit at home like we did and kind of enjoy it with friends and family? Or uh, And what good deals did you get, if any, from Black Friday? But no drop, like I said. So, Brett, lead us into the news. I'm going to take over on the news. Just don't read, <clears throat> read the first part. I know. Uh this one's pretty interesting, Saul, and I think you might like it because you were quite the fan and I never got around to playing the game, sadly. But uh, the Alien franchise may be getting another game soon with 20th Century Fox filing trademark for Alien Blackout to be used in an upcoming video game. So obviously we don't know much about it. Who's making it? Uh, one thing that people are getting into on Twitter and just having a field day with is that uh, recently, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Kojima uh, visited 20th Century Fox and specifically uh, like had a picture of him pointing beside the alien uh, door sign and then he had one where it was like a, one of the statues of the egg pods and he was like standing down pointing at it so people were like is Kojima going to work on this game? So Death Stranding confirmed it is a sequel to Prometheus 
Wouldn't that be crazy? It would have nothing to do with what he said so far. But it's again, if we're talking about ruse crews, anything's possible. I mean, if if that's if we're taking down the old, uh, I'll say literally anything is possible. Ruse crews. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it could. Like what was it that he did with uh, where he it was supposed to be a, a new game or something else where when the Phantom Pain was supposed to, or was it Ground Zero? It was one of the two was first getting announced that they were acting like it was a different game and people all found out that it was Metal Gear Solid was, Five by yeah. the negative letters that were like cut out. It was very very like clever. I loved it. It was fun. Weird stuff, man. It's like Snowpiercer being a sequel to Willy Wonka. Have you seen Snowpiercer? I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a movie with Chris Evans. It's a really good movie. They're like on a train at the end of the world, and that train is pretty much the only like housing unit for people. Like that's like people on that train are like the, some of the last people on Earth. But it's such a dark and violent movie, and it fits in so well with it being a sequel to Willy Wonka. There's a video that uh, you guys should just go look up. Just go look it up. You'll find it instantly. And uh, it makes <laughs> okay. a lot of weird sense, but like it's a, it's one of those fun theories. I wait, wait, hold on. But which Willy Wonka does it matter? The classic, the classic one. Yeah. Okay, I must say because I, I need to know. It just in my own mind of trying to see where I can try and connect threads of where. It, but I, I need to know the other movie, I guess, to really be able to do that. Well, he he does a really good <clears> job <throat> of explaining it. If you haven't seen it, I would recommend to watch Snowpiercer. But I know you, since you don't watch a lot of movies, you'll probably never see it. So you could probably watch the video and just listen to what he's explaining through Snowpiercer and get. The the correlations, but yeah, I guess you could do that. Did you ever see? Or I, I don't know if it was ever confirmed. Did they ever say whether or not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was a sequel or was it supposed to be a reboot? Because they act like the reason that this all happened was. I mean, it's well, it's his a, name's Charlie. Exactly. That's why I was like, this whole situation is kind of weird. It seems like it's trying to be a sequel. Like I think it's a reboot. Like it's a sequel reboot, kind of like what God of War did, where it's in a way it's trying to retell the story, but somehow yeah. it's still canonically canonically. Connected. I don't I don't know if it canonically connects, but me either. But uh, I just think it's interesting to think about that because it would make sense as to why he's so awkward in the middle of his childhood. He became the runner of the. Yeah, but I I love that movie, but I really don't like Johnny Depp in that movie. If that makes a lot of sense. It probably doesn't make any sense. But I, I really like. I, I enjoy that movie. I enjoy the original way more. Oh, Gene Wilder is pretty great. He is, but in peace. As we often say, this isn't a movie podcast. Uh, but yeah, in terms of the Alien franchise, <clears throat> as long as it's on akin to Isolation, which Blackout Isolation somewhat similar, doesn't it? Uh, vibes. Yeah. So I would assume this is. But here's the what thing: we're getting into. I would be excited. Did you? you oh wait. You wouldn't know because you didn't beat Isolation, right? You got very Isolation. far, but yeah. you never beat it. Isolation was one of those games, and I've said it before on the podcast, that when playing Isolation, it happens to have a very great horror mechanic, but it also is one of those horror mechanics that can very can wear you thin. And that's what it did up until it got a little too repetitive. Well, because it leans on that mechanic really heavily, it, it right? Leans, yeah, it leans on you going down a corridor, hearing sounds, finding a safe spot, or luring the alien out and then getting past him. And that happens a lot. Later in the game, though, you do get mechanics that help you uh, hurt the alien and have him run away, or her run away. Um, but I never made it that far, and I still have it downloaded. Like, it's still on my PS4, on my XMB. Um, but I, I meant to go through... Did you buy it digitally? Yeah, I bought it digitally almost $12, I think. We're going to talk after this. Why do you want it? No, we're, we'll we'll talk about. You want to sign into my PlayStation account to play Alien? <laughs> I was saying in general, but we'll okay. talk. We'll talk later. Keep okay. going. But yeah, I mean, I mean, if it's something <clears throat> akin to Isolation, I will be pretty excited. But if it is something that is a little similar to like 
Colonel Marines. I'm going to lose. Colonel. <laughs> what was it called? It's not Colonel Marines. Colonial. Colonial Marines. <laughs> I'm going to say, don't get me with that colonel thing. <laughs> Which, I, first of all, how does that word make any sense to be that it way? It doesn't. But more importantly, what I was curious about uh, is whether or not, because I haven't gone through, and I don't know anybody, even, well, okay, I haven't had the conversation with anybody to go as the far as to see if they've beaten it. At this point, it'd be really interesting. I may even look it up, if, see if there's somebody who can answer the question without spoiling it as to whether this could be a sequel or if this is just supposed to be a game in the same vein. This game was never spoiled <clears> for <throat> me or, or ruined in that sense. So when it, it, it very well could be. I How, have no idea. What I've heard about the game the most part, and this is something that's – because one game I love, right? So uh, Outlast. Outlast is really good, and despite the fact that you can't do any damage, so there's the, the main gameplay mechanics are very similar. It's about you running, hiding, finding batteries so that you can, which actually was a nice mechanic yeah. of trying to think about how to conserve your battery so that you'd had it when you need it. Uh, but then, you know, you have different parts of the game where it rips that ability away from you, and it just. That is a weird way to change the gameplay pacing up. And then uh, the high tenseness of running from something and trying to hide and things that can happen to you. I like that aspect. And I like the idea of that set with xenomorphs and in the alien world. But from what I heard from everybody is that the game goes. And then there's a point in time where it's like, it feels like if they would have found a way to wrap the game up in this time period, that it would have been really rewarding. But it just mo- it goes on a little too long. I must not have gotten to that said time period so i i can't really speak to that and i don't think it, i don't think they mean in the story sense i think it's one of those things where it's about like something happens well i don't think it's that i think it comes down to a mechanical sense of like it leans on that mechanic so heavily that because it's so long you start to get you start to grow tired of that mechanic and it's like it just becomes a chore and it's kind of like no longer fun to play not because it's not tense it's just because it's like well i'm just doing the same thing over and yeah, over. That's that's intriguing. I wonder what that is. Um, too much stuff coming out and or out right now that I think to go I'll back. Go back. But <clears throat> I didn't play through until dawn again this Halloween. So I may replace that with Alien next year. There you Good. go. That'd be your horror game for the time. Yeah, because I got to start near here in about a week. Oh, yeah. I didn't do that myself because I said I was going to try and do it at some point in time this year. I just don't know when, man. I've got a crazy backlog. Try to get the platinum. But speaking of near, yeah, next thing up, just so y'all are aware, the news is not just necessarily filled with stuff, which makes sense when you're going into uh, Black Friday, which is similar to why. Why would there be a drop? Who would release a game around Black Friday? It would be senseless. Uh, But with that being said, continuing the tradition, man, I apologize. I'm just still sick today. Uh, continuing the tradition of games receiving pun-oriented names, <laughs> Nier Automata Game of the Yorha Edition has been rated for PS4 and PC by the ESLRB, which hints at a looming release. And I find it very interesting that after getting the um, Become As Gods Edition for Xbox and all platforms, or at least as far as I was aware, all platforms, that may be where I'm missing up on, but... Going as far as to do the Game of the Year edition, is that why it's being called Game of the Year edition? Because I think that the Become as Gods edition for Xbox might have been exclusive to Xbox because it was essentially the same thing. It was. It had all the DLC. Yeah. Since PS4 didn't get that, PS4 and PC, the original platforms, are getting a new version that's Game of the Year edition. What's weird, and I'm not totally against the idea for this specific game, but there's not a lot of DLC that's 
justifiable, right? Yeah, it's not. But then again, where's the price ending up here? Yeah, so we don't. I don't because think it's, it's, I think at this point it's not about people rebuying who's already gotten it right. uh, in a, in an attempt to save on the DLC that they may have missed out on. I think this is more of have you not played the game yet? Well, guess what? Not you only is it forty dollars new now, it also comes with all the DLC. That this might game, be kind of for those that don't know who are new to the show. I highly suggest you go check out our last year game awards because we both awarded this game our game of the year last year. Um, a little insert before we head on to the next news. As of today, the time this goes live, you can get a one terabyte PS4 Slim plus Red Dead Redemption 2 plus an extra DualShock 4 controller for only $200, and that's on Walmart's online service. Man, that's so a killer deal. if you're deal. listening to this and you're like, I may need an extra PS4, you're getting a $300 value for 100 bucks less, so go get that if you need it. Or if you're listening to us and you yeah, you're, giving, you're giving even more than that because the PS4 is still 300, the game Red Dead no, no, still 60. Slim. Yeah, Slims are Slims are 200. Or, oh yeah, you are right. It they're 300. They yeah. never dropped. So, so and it's one terabyte. Dollar, uh, 200 and it's a terabyte. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's the that's the really system itself deal. is 300. The game is 60, and the controller is normally fi- almost 60. I thought so. DualShock 4s are 40 new. No. No. Oh, interesting. Well, yeah. you know, it's a good deal regardless. So that is a good deal. If you listen to us and you're like, should I get in a PlayStation? Yes. And then add us. Our names <laughs> are always in the description below. All right. Uh, no Man's Sky continues its free update path with another update titled Visions. And this is pretty cool. Uh, it aims to add more planetary and biome diversity and more with the following features being added. So, of course, first of all, new planetary biome. So more potential, you know, changes for the, uh, what would you call it? The algorithm to pull together and try and pull from uh there are new creatures as well which is good because one thing i've always said that from launch they've done a good job of helping because the game shouldn't have launched this way but every planet seemed to have the exact same animals and it, yeah, and, it, and they've done a lot to fix that. Uh, new sky and grass shades are out there so that they will offer more aesthetic diversity. That way, when you're on a planet, you have a chance of, like, say, a, a pink uh, with a little bit of a, a shine through on it, clouds. But now you can get, like, purple ones, blue ones, you know, all that, which is nice. Uh, and then, of course, <clears throat> the grass being changed colors. There's nothing quite like being on a planet full of blue grass or orange grass. It's like, okay, yeah, this feels decidedly alien. Um Water variation, allowing new types of water that will alter how you interact above and below the water surface. Since the last update they did, update they did added underwater play with uh, not only ruins being underwater, but you being able to build um, uh, bases underwater, which I actually thought was awesome because it's essentially what we used to do on Minecraft. We would play Minecraft. We would go and get glass bo- uh, blocks, uh, and then we would go underwater, start placing them, pretty much make the thing, and then put the floor down and then mine one away, and that way you could just swim underneath the house and come up and that was just so cool because it was like realms never came to playstation did it i don't know but i think it if the if they are working on crossplay with playstation has not been you know they did their crossplay thing for Fortnite, then nobody else has said a word about it uh so it's kind of hard to say right now there's I a lot of games love, that are still skipping it but i would love to get like a triangle squared minecraft community going i love like i love playing minecraft with friends we could do what we always wanted assign roles to people Ridiculous yeah. stuff. Yeah, I actually yeah. thought that that, I mean, because that was one of those things that Jonathan kind of came up with, and then we kept kind of changing our head, too. Uh, but, yeah, the idea of letting it be like an RPG world where it's like, well, you're going to go out and make sure that we get armor. You're going to go and farm and make sure we're all fed, yeah. which it has to be. Everybody has to have fun in that setup, so it has to be Almost balanced like that you're way. setting but, up your own RPG in a way. But I also like it because the idea of the realms is like you can log on and you can affect the world without them having to log on. Yeah, and, and that's the coolest house, aspect. Your base, your loot. Yeah. As long as Dylan doesn't come over and kill 
all the sheep again, so I can't build a bed. Then you're all good. you're all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He came yeah. slaughtered every single sheep in that game. I swear. All right, next up on that list is rainbows during stormy weather conditions, which is kind of cool, and it's a again the potential for it fireworks have been added to the game which is just a small weird thing exotic trophies which are, are mysterious artifacts which can be claimed on exotic planets and rehoused in bases to create a showcase of your voyages which i like as an idea one of my favorite aspects of terraria was killing bosses enough times to get lucky enough to hopefully get the trophy so that you can hang it on the wall in your house and be like i killed it yeah undoubtedly was, so terraria is such speaking of minecraft again but it's such more of a it, it's much better of a game. Uh, I agree. But obviously. Yeah, that game is... I still need to get the platinum. I'm two trophies away. This is cool sounding on paper that I'm very curious to see what it's like in person. Archaeology is being added, and it'll allow you to find ancient bones of alien life forms as well as potential for rare, complete skeletons that can be sold for a high value. I want to know how you do this. Do you use the uh, the the what do they call it the uh, is it terrain editor tool whatever yeah. that's part of your multi-tool and do you kind of like dig away a rock and you have the potential of seeing like a bone and then you kind of keep going around it to see if you can unveil they the could, whole skeleton they could add something in- that would be really cool but my worry is that instead they'll just have it be a random drop that while you're doing it something will pop up and be like well you received a bone it's like i want to see the bone i yeah. want to do the work i wonder because you can mine anything in the game right like you can mine the ground Right. Essentially, well, if you have the terrain editor tool, you can take away the ground, about, yeah. or you can add to the ground. That's on, okay. You yeah. you have to have energy to do it, but that's about it. It would be cool to see like a partial skeleton, and you're like, oh, I don't know if this is a partial or a full. So then you have to dig around the area. Exactly. I would love that. It. And imagine if it was so huge, because you got to think when you're adding something in like multiplayer, right? You have to find ways to make multiplayer feel rewarding. Because yeah, I mean, it's cool just to not be out there doing all this stuff on your own. But the more you can add, that's why I always talked about my dream dream idea for no man's sky was letting us all play together and then get into ships and go and just do combat together and like even if we wanted to give us roles like okay well we're going to be protectors we're going to stay on the outside and we'll protect the ship uh, and then you two are going to go in and you'll go to the freighter and you'll uh, actually bust into the freighter and i know that that's asking a lot of that game and i really think that one day there's a potential that it'll get there but how amazing would it be that you could blow a hole in the side of a freighter fly your ship in get out and actually fight sentinels inside of the freighter or something that would be so amazing see my big problem but is, it's a lot to ask for the game yeah so i mean i'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen but go ahead i would just need a little bit better uh micromanagement in that game or a little bit less micromanagement i should say i could see that because the game is fun to explore but what i was getting at with that is so much that goes into having to explore though what you're talking about with the chore yeah you're right but um you have to like go go do this and then you have to have you know your um you have to have energy in your laser to mine you have to have energy in your ship to take off yeah and then at any given point all of this energy and resources that, that you need you have to end up playing a refill game of like, I refilled this, soon enough I gotta do this, but then I gotta go mine that, so I gotta refill this. It's a big circle of refill management. I mean, resource management. And it has gotten better. Last time I played, they updated it to where your thrusters use less fuel and all sorts of stuff to try and make it to where you do less of that. You still have to obviously do it, but it doesn't feel like the moment that you replace one, now you're having to replace another and to replace another. And like after the last biggest update to me that added the terrain editor. So I'm really kind of hoping that and I'm not asking them to change this system drastically, but I would like it to have a little bit all the resources either add more or you burn less resources when using stuff. And it seems like they're going the aspect of burning less resources. Yeah. And honestly, there's a couple in there they could just strictly take out. 
I honestly, I would agree. One thing I've not liked is that your multi tool is just breaking Break. random parts. Yeah. that's so annoying. Uh, but what I was getting at with the with the bones uh, system b- before I forget about it, uh, you're saying like, oh, you see a partial skeleton. Imagine if it's actually huge, because of course, if these are prehistoric, you know, archaeology things, and you think about what we have, try and pull from what we have. Imagine if you were just two guys out on a planet, you start to do it, and it looks like a hip bone, but the hip bone's the size of you and your friend together. Yeah. and it's like, wait, is this a whole skeleton? And then you start trying to. It could be. Mad. Massive. massive and you and just go down on the ground sick. that would be amazing it would be really fun it'd be a cool experience for you to run and talk about with your other friends but i like, do we were on last night and we found this hip bone and we just kept kind of digging around it we ended up finding three quarters of a skeleton and it's like and it'd be even cooler from then right if because he said you can sell them for a high value but what if you could just take that partial skeleton out and do what they do at museums which is you take that partial skeleton then you go and if you get lucky enough to find partial skeletons of the same species then you can put them together like in your house you can make like a display room where you can show it off dude how dope would that be you want this game to become animal crossing probably <laughs> but, my, and make input but my point is it's, to a space museum that would i just think be it'd dope. be cool you know it's that's i don't know it's interesting it'd be my thing is i wouldn't want the game just to sell it and then you don't see it anymore you know how much cooler would it be if like even if you just you went and you sold it to a museum because they wanted it but then you could go and see the uh, like it'd be even cooler if it gave the museum to where all people who went to that museum can now see it because right. it was a different species. Yeah. Make that because, uh, you know, they, they obviously they still have asymmetrical online elements, but then they have actual together online elements. Right. But that'd be a cooler way to push that asymmetrical gameplay. Uh, but before we get too lost in that, let's go through the rest of this. Salvageable scrap, which is kind of a cool idea, which is finding remains of fallen satellites for new valuable tech at the risk of drawing the attention of new corrupted Sentinel drones. I like the idea of it pulling out. These are supposed to be more powerful Sentinel drones. I wonder what they look like. Oh, it had a little picture of it. They look dope. Cool. They look way different. They don't even look like a normal Sentinel. They're like a little pod that has these like legs that look like black. Like they're metal still, but like they Sounds look like a nightmare. It's crazy, man. It's really cool. Sounds looking. like that one time somebody drew arms and legs, really skinny arms and legs on a ghost from Destiny, and it was like chasing somebody around. Like, that's oh my god, terrifying. Uh, storm crystals uh, become active on extreme planets during hazardous storms and can be collected to sell for a high price. I like that idea as well. But like, what do you keep hearing in this? These are all cool ideas, but it all all seems to be that everything goes back towards the monetary ecosystem. Yeah, and that's that's one worry. I would like there to be more, and there's a couple in here that do it, such as the storms and uh, the rainbows and stuff, but more uh, immersion stuff added in. It, it more of like it gives you an interesting time. Like if you found the storm crystal, you'd have like a cool story that came from it. Yeah. Kind of like, you know, people always talked about forever, and one of the coolest things that, hey, podcast cat's here. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, if you had one of those things that, like, for the longest time, Minecraft had this going forward. People were like, dude, if you uh, if lightning strikes a, uh, and it still obviously can happen, but it's like if lightning strikes a creeper in Minecraft, it blows up and creates a gigantic explosion. Like, those are cool experiences to tell your friends. Uh, and I was playing Red Dead the other day, and I was going down a boat, uh, down, going down the river in a boat, and lightning struck a tree and caught on fire. Like, this is dope. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, I like passive uh, immersion in stuff like that. Yeah, where, where it's it something... happens randomly. It's like, that's a very cool thing. Yeah. If I was not playing at this exact moment, that probably would have happened, and it's kind of cool. I can I now get it. And another example of that from Red Dead, just uh, because it'd be interesting if this game could find a way to do it, but I think that they're going about world building in different ways, since it's not about being on one world for a long time. It's about going to many worlds. Uh, but Red Dead had this thing where I was walking in the... Oh, I was riding, and I heard somebody yelling, so I went down to this riverbed, and I walked down, and I saw this dude, and he's just a crazy preacher who's talking, and he's like... Like telling me the craziest story of stuff. Is and it, I, uh, is it the drunk preacher guy? 
No, no, no. It's okay. like this. This dude's crazy, and he's like, I, I don't, I haven't slept. For, I don't, I don't sleep. I don't I haven't slept for days. And he's being crazy. He's like, he's not my friend anymore. That guy. And he's pointing, and there's like nobody over there. And you can that tell this dude's crazy. crazy, right? So I was I like, I love it when games do that. But what I was saying, I was like. I was sure. I was like, well, surely something's going to come of this, right? He just quit talking and then went and laid down. It was funny. That made me laugh because he said, I don't sleep. And then he literally went to this cross thing with a bed on and then laid down and slept. Signs of a true crazy person. But actually what he said to me was, you just like the rest of them. You're staring at me. And then he closed his eyes. But what I thought was funny, I was like, nothing came from that. I couldn't, I didn't do anything to him. There was no story that it was trying. It wasn't trying to make me do some stupid quick mission. But I thought that was an interesting way to go about it's that. Just one of those. Little I have other reserves because there are things that Red Dead does too that counteract that. Like, see, do, seeing that once and only once would be great. If I see that again, it ruins it. I don't think you will. I, I, there, well, there, see, one thing, and I know we're getting lost in the weeds on Red Dead during this talk, but just real quick, this is one of the few things about Red Dead that does bother me is that people talk about how immersive, and, and it's like we, it's not. It, it still falls in the same tropes a lot of these games have, which is where it reuses dynamic events, and, and they gets, by nature become less dynamic you know how many times i've had a prisoner run out from the forest tell me to shoot the things between his leg and then the outcome of what they do will change sometimes they'll try and steal your horse or something but i get tired of seeing a prisoner i'm like dude first of all the chance of me seeing even though it's a video game the chance of me even if we're trying to make this half realistic seeing one person run out from the forest with chains on and saying shoot him and let me free it's pretty low. The it chance is. of me seeing that six times is really low yeah. in one lifetime. It would be cool that if the game would register that you've done that already. And try and, and refrain then, from it. Well, it would just refrain completely. I would love that. And it would make it, and it may, maybe less of them would happen, but they'd feel more special that they happened to begin with. Right. That would be really cool. But uh, I'm going to get through the rest of this real quick. This one is cool. I like this idea a lot. Sentinel minerals appear on certain planets. So essentially you'll go to fire your laser at it to mine it and it's like they, they have an example of it it's like a rock cluster and it'll like sprout up and have legs and try and run away from you oh god it's like that ghost from destiny that i was talking about <laughs> that stuff is terrifying and that was pretty interesting and another one was like uh, this crystal cluster and i think this actually may be a creature i was looking at the gifts and it shows it like pulsing through the ground kind of like that's some stuff you see really like cool. where like the spikes come up and then go back down and spike i was like i hope that that's a real creature oh you know what they should add they should add tremors <clears throat> oh that'd be amazing that would be, that would be great That'd be really cool. All right, last couple of things, and this goes more towards what I was talking about of making co-op feel more fun. A shared community mission progress allows friends to share progress and work toward a common goal. Love that idea. That way there's a list that you can, there's a, well, there's a progress meter that you can both see and you know what you're supposed to be doing. You can both work together so that it doesn't feel like you're just playing together for the sake of it. There's a common goal in mind. That's a good foundation. I hope they push it far more than that. Uh, and the last thing, <clears throat> which is also great, is crashed, fa uh, crashed freighters. Uh, now have variations, so they're procedurally generated now, and that changes the layouts and the potential rewards for scavenging, because before, if you were doing the crashed freighters, they all looked the exact same, and they all had pretty much yeah. the same things uh, inside of them, and that was kind of a bummer. It was like, it's a cool idea, but why would the same freighter style keep crashing, Like, and why would it always have the same... It's just... It's immersion breaking. It's another one of those things where it's like, well, it'd just be more fun if it was there, if there was a chance you got something even more rare. Especially since it's a copy-paste job. Exactly. So. Uh, okay, so that wraps up the No Man's Sky update. If you're looking forward to that, go give it a try. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 has wrapped development two months ahead of its worldwide release on January 25th, so this, congratulations this to it. Delayed. See, that's I'm actually so glad that happened because everybody kept saying the game is getting delayed. That's done now. 
where you know we get to finally say no it's I done know. it's it's getting delayed wouldn't that be great though i'm gonna keep saying it what if it, like january 12th they're like well <laughs> it's, sorry guys the, man, the manpower though i do have a feeling it's gonna be like red dead where red dead was essentially limited and Oops. wow loud but uh you know red dead was really hard to get if you didn't pre-order it at least around here so I'm, I, I'm glad I have this game pre-ordered because two months ahead to get this many copies out is going to be nuts. Well, two months ahead is not surprising. You know, most games go gold about a month before release, so it's very odd that they're they're having even more time. It's because about this caliber, though. Oh yeah, but I mean, plenty of games go. I mean, Spider-Man went gold a month before its release, and it sold massive yeah, amounts. It was still hard to find. I'm talking about hard to find for day one without pre-ordering. Sure, and I get what you mean, and I mean, but I, I will just, be getting this physically. This is one of those games that I talked about that mean enough to me to buy physical. And this is one of those things I say too. And me and Corey were having a conversation on Discord, and I think that this is one of those important things to do. I think Kingdom Hearts has a very rabid fan base, and I mean that in the good and bad sense. Some of them, like you remember that thing that happened with uh, Angry Joe, where they were yelling at him because he was talking about reviewing Kingdom Hearts. 3 and they're like you don't need to review Kingdom Hearts 3 if you've not played the other ones and while I may agree with the sentiment behind that I don't think that it's fair to tell somebody they can't review it because maybe he's done everything possible to catch himself up without playing the other games but he'll still understand the story because I do get the well if you play Kingdom Hearts 3 without having any clue of what happened in the other ones incredibly undoubtedly lost well we also still don't know about uh we still don't know how well, and they said they're trying to do this, we don't know how well their intro video is going to be that tries to recap the whole story in a way that's that true. makes Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3 at least make that sense. That is true. We don't know how well they've done that, how long that's going to take, if it's going to do a good job. Um, I do but his, it, to, his, to his credit... I think that you can easily go, there's a number of YouTube people, and I debated doing it myself at one time, but I think enough people have done it well enough that I've decided to pull off and not do it, which is a recap, because a number of people have done it in 10 minutes or less, and and I think that's really good. There's some good ones out there, too, that span upwards to about three hours. If you really want to get in depth, but if you just want to have an understanding of what's going on so that going into three doesn't confuse you if you've skipped a couple of titles. I would find one that's about 30 minutes. That will catch you up on it. Pretty much everything you would need to know. I'm I mean, telling you, of relevance that could happen. There was one guy on there who had, who did very. I mean, I think it was literally ten minutes, and I was so impressed by how easily he was able. Because what he did is he found ways to make everything make sense uh, without repeating too much stuff, but in a way that whenever you framed it against everything else, it, it started kind of just lining up in a way. It's like, okay, well, he didn't waste your time. If it was a small detail that's most likely not going to be capitalized on, which hopefully, you, yeah. you never know, because like it looks like data is becoming so much more of a thing in this game now. And I don't necessarily have a problem with it, because we do. don't know how they're doing it. Yeah, I still do. That. But it is odd that it came back so weird out of nowhere. You know That's what I mean? I have a problem with it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's by far the weakest uh, plot point in the history in the series, in my opinion. Oh, recoded is the the one that introduced That's, that's data. What I mean. yeah. yeah, that's what I mean. And I'll so, give you that. It's just it's very weird to me, very unusual and just unexpected. I guess it, it's more of like a left field kind of thing. Of I wasn't expecting to see this. Though to be honest, I kind of like that they did something that was entirely unexpected. It, it if you would have ever asked me. You know, if, if you would have ever asked me, like, what what's the craziest thing in the world that you can imagine Kingdom Hearts tying back in, I don't even think I would have said data at in, that point. In my opinion, this would have been better to have more sprung on you in the middle. Instead of letting it come. Well, then again, they never point blank said it was going to be data, but I think what ended up happening is on top of the mobile game, and then, of course, everybody hyper-analyzing the trailers and seeing what looked like the data blocks, the corrupt blocks from the recoded, I think everybody kind of found out about it, and they were just like, Oh, well, people know. You know, we put it in there, but everybody knows now. 
It may not have been that way because I think that when you make trailers, you kind of have to account for the proliferation of the internet. Uh, but even That's then, true. what I was getting about the rabid fan base while we continue to go off on t- tangents today uh, is that me and Corey were talking about this game in the sense of he thought it was going to be the best-selling Kingdom Hearts game and that it was going to do really well. And, and, I, and I was like, well, you know, I'm, without me saying anything, what do you think is going to be the sales total? And he was thinking, I can't remember exactly what he said, but I know it was over 10 or at least 10 million. And, Kingdom Hearts and I was won. like, man, that's rough because Kingdom Hearts 1 sold, I think, 5.9 5. million, yeah. something like that. And that's the best-selling Kingdom Hearts to date. So actually, the beginning game has sold more than any of them, despite it having the lowest budget. Uh, Probably not the lowest budget, but the lowest budget of the primary games. Uh, I, I would. wouldn't doubt, though, if it did get close. Like I, I, I would think it's going to outsell one. It might, and I'm not saying that it won't, but I think at one point in time, he got somewhere saying that it would get close to $20 million, and I was like, that's essentially the that's, same amount as the, the whole franchise has sold about $25 million, which yeah. is nothing to, like, to smirk at. It's pretty good, but... That's also across like 11 games, uh, like depending on how consoles. you want to do it, and a lot of consoles, and that's also counting re-releases and stuff like that. So when you're looking at it through that sense, it's hard to imagine that the last game of a series where the story is really important is going to sell as many. I don't I don't honestly, t- to be really fair with you, I don't expect it to outsell Final Fantasy 15 because even though 15 is nonsense of a story, and there's all these other things you want to do. At least majority of them are free, or you could get it easily around it. And it doesn't require the thir- the the 14 previous Final Fantasy games to understand. That's true. At all, you know, 15 may have done a really poor job of making its game and story make sense, but that's nothing in comparison to literally playing Kingdom Hearts three, having no clue what's happening in the other games. Because it's going to really sound like you're going to be like, "Wait, what is darkness? What are nobodies? What are heartless? What are?" dusk you know of the nobodies what what is going on here i wonder if i can find it again but there's a point in which sora says what but then they they have it to where there's major i'm not obviously not going to say what it is but major plot reveals uh, uh of things and it's like sort of like what they can just keep clipping it in there and it is hilarious because <laughs> it fits so well but that's what i was getting at to go against what you were talking about with a game of this stature i think that it's not even a, a it's obvious that spider-man being a month ahead of time, even as an exclusive, heartily outsold what Kingdom Hearts 3 is going to sell. And I don't really think that's an unfair thing to say. I, so I don't think, I think with two months ahead of time, even though it's going worldwide and Spider-Man's very worldwide himself, um, I think that they'll hit it no problem. I don't think that they'll have a problem getting that many copies out there. Uh, now, what they may do, uh, to your credit, is that they may underestimate how many people are legitimately going to be interested in it, and it may be limited in stock because they underestimated how many copies needed to be made. I'll give you that. Something just happened with that, with, with a game recently. Oh, Fortnite. Dude, you could buy a copy of Fortnite physical on Amazon for $200. Let that sink in. And it's not even physical. It is. There was really small release of it physical. When and did that happen? Because I know you can buy the cases that just come with codes inside of them, which is the stupidest thing in the which, world. That might be what it is, but um, it's crazy. So, like, if you go... Because people want the stupid code from within them. I mean, it also could be something that is kind of cool to have, too, um, for those hardcore Fortnite fans, because I know that if... Uh, ooh, what am I doing? Um, I know that if I... if Like, Hyperlight. I really want Hyperlight. Uh, physical, but yeah. So, like, let's see here. One used and new on Amazon from nine sixty nine ninety nine. Oh, of the original Fortnite. So not Battle Royale. Yeah, yeah. I, I should have clarified that. Yeah, I got you. So, 
Yeah, because back when the original game, before it became this massive success that it became when they it added that. very limited print. For, yeah. And they didn't think uh, that it was going to sell that well limited, so they didn't make that many. So now it's incredibly rare of a game to own. Yeah. That's actually a really interesting thing to talk about. So, but that's what I mean. And the thing about a game like Kingdom Hearts, of course, is that if they underpredict how many people are going to go after it, they can reprint it. You know, it doesn't hurt anything, right? Yeah. And and it, realistically, Fortnite could reprint, but at this point, it's it's way later. They didn't know it was going to become the success. It leaves it as a cool collector's item. Yeah. You know, Kingdom Hearts physical is not supposed to be something that's a cool collector's item. That's just supposed to be the game. So I'd argue that, but. Either way, we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, next up on the list, unsurprisingly, PS4 outsold both the Switch and the Xbox One in October, uh, but were also up year over year in units sold and dollar sales, which was giving uh, PlayStation their best hardware October since 2002 with the PS2, which is mighty impressive. Um, this late into the generation. But I also think that that's one of those things, Saul. Would, would you say that later in the generation? Well, this is, and this is pretty late we're talking five years you know um it's weird that they're having this big of a swell with so much talk about ps5 still being around which i think by nature of how consoles are <laughs> uh, i just i just added something to to uh just to see well yeah because that is gonna come up in the main topic oh man okay uh, but back on to what you were saying uh well anyway with um <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, when you're thinking about a console being this late into its life cycle, and I say like this late because, you know, traditionally speaking, console cycles used to be five to six years, or really a, five years. You know, yeah. PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2 was essentially five years. Uh, PS2 to PS3, five years. Um, even shorter for the time between the Xbox and the Xbox 360. Uh, and then, of course, the elongated generations that came from the financial collapse makes sense um, around 2008 that's why we ended up getting such long of a generation uh with the ps3 and the xbox but now that we're kind of back to talking about a more normal one and we still don't quite know with all the talk around ps5 it's a little weird to me that they're doing so damn well i well i think it's a lot of like a lot of bundles and stuff of course that are selling throughout uh christmas holidays i think it's really helping them out and i do think that well because this is october to be fair so the bundle yeah, in october no that would have been the ones to go would have been call of duty and red dead and those would have been the two was the two big ones well Spider-Man was, I mean, that was technically a September bundle. It may have, it, there still may have been some getting sold randomly, uh, but now yeah, the but newest there's still, one. There's still uh, Spider-Man bundles out there in the wild, like uh, where you buy a, a slim PS4 and you get Spider-Man for free. Well, well yeah, that, collect- and that's going now, and that's going now. But yeah. that, for a while, I, don't, I didn't think that was still pushing through. But it may have no, been. No, yeah, it was you know, there in early October. And, I, and this, that kind of leads me to the next thing, too, is, Outside of them doing such a great October, I wonder if their November is also going to be their best November because of the fact that they have not only this Red Dead thing that Walmart's doing, that's pretty freaking crazy, but the one ninety nine Spider-Man Slim. Yeah, and I'm really curious as to how, like what the numbers will be with them versus Switch next month with Pokemon coming out in November. Yeah. So I'm really curious as to see next month what the NPD numbers are. Well, be. and then hold on, because is it December that Smash launches, or is it November? It's December. It's okay. December 7th. Okay. I was like, I know they're real close. So, yeah, for the next two months, really, will be interesting to see how these two, because we all know Xbox is nowhere near this. So, just these two going into this holiday season is going to be a very interesting, uh, I will say January, to kind of reflect back on all of this. Uh, well, yeah, we'll have to. Yeah. You're getting better deals with uh, the PS4, but you're getting the most uh, anticipated Nintendo fan games with the Switch. So, I'll give you that because yeah, the the Switch is not really going on sale at, at all. Highly discounted price. You're getting some good bundles with it, but that's pretty much it. You're still paying three hundred bucks. Yeah, and that's crazy because you know realistically, 
uh, it's funny. Up until Pokemon, Switch numbers have actually gone down quite a bit this year. They've had to adjust their forecast oh, a number of times. Yeah, I'm sure, because they haven't really... It, it's been know, a poor year it, for games for them, realistically. Been, yeah, I was going to say, it's been a lull in their uh, exclusive library in order to... Or, or not order, but just to get up to these last two months of the year. And I'll give you Pokemon that, but I also Smash. think, you know, of course it is the lull on the exclusive library, but I also think it's despite the fact that this is probably the best third-party supported Nintendo system Ever. that they want to consider a home console in a long yeah. time. Because, of course, 3DS was massively success, supported by third-party. Uh, that is true, yeah. If they consider the Switch a home console, so it's as the, far as home consoles go... the best supported third-party yeah. third third supported <laughs> platform. Yeah, so when you think about it in that sense, regardless of the fact that they are, they do have better third-party support than ever, and that it's actually there and you can see it. It doesn't change the fact that they still don't have great third-party support. It's missing every big game release of this of this hall of the last six months. That's true, and I, I am curious because La Noire came to Switch. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious to see if they'll if it will ever get Grand Theft Auto Five or Red Dead Two. I don't think they'll ever get Red Dead Two. Red, there, I, can't, it, 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 I can't. I can't imagine. Can't imagine. It's, it's impossible. Now, Grand Theft Auto Five was made for last-gen hardware. If so. you try enough. I think you can probably pull it back in certain areas to make it work. You'll probably run at a sub-native resolution, which is fine. Did Mafia 3 come to Switch? I don't. No. Think, okay, I didn't think so, but I was no. like, that would be, for some reason, that would be like really interesting. Oh, it would. That game is not technically, uh, it's not a technical slouch at uh, all. No. Um, I mean, of course, it launched with some problems, but as far as I know, they're, they're ironed out, so trying to push that game on the handheld, no. I think anything that's actually designed for the ground up in any kind of an open sense for uh, for next gen can be kind of is not going to work on there and uh, for this gen I think oh, last I gen games, last gen yeah sorry no last gen okay. games I might I might have mixed that up but last gen games sure uh, Skyrim obviously happened with a lot of caveats uh, of where to try and pull the resolution and certain stuff back um, well we know Fallout seventy six were one perfectly fine on it. <laughs> Oh, you sorry. got jokes, boy. Let's, you got uh, jokes. Let's wrap this news up. We'll move into reader mail. All right. And then we got one more thing before we do reader mail and then go into the main topic. Uh, after its brush with a near cancellation earlier this year, Skybound Games has announced that development has resumed on Telltale's The Walking Dead's final season with release dates for the two remaining episodes coming soon. So if you are interested in that, they keep saying kind of keep up with their website. They have a blog that you can go to on there, and it kind of talks about these things. I wonder because of how Telltale did things and how they were pulling it off. And I don't know if it was just mismanagement or what, but I wonder if they'll be able to actually hit a far better release schedule with these where it's maybe a month apart at at max or, you know what I mean? Because when you saw Telltale, like we always talked about, you normally wouldn't have the full game, all five episodes released. Six, seven months. Yeah, eight months or so so on average. So If they could do one episode now and three or four weeks later, do it again the last episode even a month i think if they could do uh and uh, of course they're just restarting development just to be fair what they did, did i say three to four weeks which okay, is essentially okay. very close I, I really when you said or a month i was like wait i was like did i say months <laughs> yeah three to four months would be ridiculous essentially what we had with telltale yeah but i think when you have the same or as many of the same developers as they could that were originally working on it coming back hopefully they have better management over them this time around uh, if they can pull this off to where they're just starting development once they give you the release dates if the release dates are say um 
January, one in January, and one, one in February or early March. That'll I think be, that that'll be pretty good. I think that that would be surprising. Uh, now, we know that this is just like a last hurrah, and this is Starbreeze. Is this supposed uh, to answer all questions? Or Skybound. Sorry, not Starbreeze. But. Is this supposed to answer all questions and completely seal the deal on the art, like on the entire series? Yes. Like, wrap it up. Yes, because okay. it was always meant to be that even when it was Telltale. This was supposed to be the final one. Gotcha. And, and you know, they were finally going to move away from the franchise that moved them up. Uh, but I think they needed to do that anyway. But now, hey, they're gone anyway, so it's not going to matter. But this is uh, Skybound kind of just taking in the realm, and it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it because Skybound also was the people that worked with Starbreeze who brought the, uh, the what's it called, Overkills, The Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure it was Starbreeze Studio. Maybe Overkill I'll Studios, say, actually. I'll I'll think say, are you sure? Star, yeah. Starbreeze, only, they only made Why one. does that name sound freaking familiar then? Uh, because Help me out they here. made... Um, I got no, publisher Starbreeze Studios uh, for Overkill's The Walking Dead. Gotcha. That's what was going on. So that was my mix-up. Starbreeze is the uh, the publisher. Okay, I'm thinking of Payday too. Yep, is what I'm thinking. Of. Yep, that's my bad. So look, they, don't listen to me. Misinformation with a with a fake news. Oh fake news. Um, okay, cool. Then that means that that is pretty much the last thing we have to talk about. And I don't know. I've been, I never really, yeah, in terms of the news, I never really was into the Walking Dead thing big myself, but I think it is cool for them to step up and give all the developers, or as many as they could, uh, that hadn't found this, a job. This, this while, they kind of finish it and wrap it up. But well, and I think on. you need that for consistency, right? With the story they already told in the first three episodes, you don't want to bring in entirely new no, hands no, that's to do what I'm it. About. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's good that they're having their jobs back for the time being, and it's going to feel familiar to fans, by the time it all wraps up. Yeah, and I think it's also, I think it's cool to let creative people finish their vision, you know what I mean? More than anything. Yeah. I bet you they're more just happy to come in and see something through to the end, regardless of the fact that they know that after this, they're still having to look for new jobs, more or less, you know what I mean? So, Makes unfortunate, sense. but it is what it is. Uh, anyway, that is all with the news, Saul. Do you want to go ahead and hop into the reader mail? Sure. For those that don't know, reader mail it's where you guys ask us questions every Wednesday and Friday on Twitter and our Facebook group. We put a tweet out and a post on Facebook, and we have <laughs> you guys ask us questions. Brett forgot this last week. Yeah, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> we picked two from Twitter, one from Facebook, and we answer those live on the next episode from those tweets coming up. And, of course, if you don't hear your question answered, we will always answer it in our week, not weekly, monthly reader mail that comes out the first Friday of every month. We get a little cheat day this kind of month because uh, the first day of the month is on a Saturday. So it's going to be like this, the ninth, I think, or the eighth is when you'll see the next reader mail. And now we got to see if the reader mail has the same curse as the last one. If I it, hope if not. If it does, I'm going to tell you all right now, if reader mail has the same curse as the last one, reader mail will be audio only from now on. <laughs> that was ridiculous. There, it, we delayed three weeks, two weeks. Two weeks was ridiculous. But, I don't uh, know. We'll figure it out. And I think you guys uh, listen to us much more during Reader Mail than watch us on YouTube. So let us know if uh, you disagree. Our first question comes from our good friend Richard. He says, what is the biggest mistake PlayStation has ever made? I am fairly certain me and Brett have the same answer. Do you want to do the thing and see if we can make it the same uh, answer on three? So we count one, two, three. We both say the answer. Uh, sure. Okay. One. Two, three. PS3 Ego. Uh, I was going to say cellular architecture. Essentially, that all wraps up into the same idea, right? It was, well, we're not going to use something that's familiar. We're going to come up with our own thing that's crazy. Boy, yeah, they're still paying for that. And that's what I mean by that. The the, the whole idea behind the PS3 was like, well, we can't do anything familiar, and which I'll give them the credit of. I think that it's far more interesting for, and it's something we don't see anymore, where console manufacturers come in and make proprietary designed by themselves or in conjunction with another team. And we might see that with PS5 when we hear about PlayStation working with AMD on the Navi stuff. Um, I, I don't think that's true. 
I don't. I'm think, curious. I mean, I don't think that they have a specific deal with AMD for that. I, I don't mean the specific would, deal, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were just working with them and helping. I don't know. I would man. think that if Sony funds went into that, then you wouldn't see it on any other platform, meaning PC or anything like that. Well, no, no, no. But that you're also saying that Navi completely. What they may be doing is helping fund how Navi's going to work oh, in a okay. in a chip I, that will work on console I level. I saw man in the Discord that that they are working with Navi and only Navi will come to PlayStation. No, Navi. no, 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 okay. no, like, no, 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 no. That's not going to happen. No, it, Navi's going to go across the board. But what works. I think is happening is that Sony's helping them make Navi a better platform anyway, which will benefit everybody who uses it. But, but then if, on top of that, Sony's going. But this is also us helping them find a way to bring Navi and the power and the features that Navi uh, afford us onto a chip that will make sense and be affordable, be but nice also APU that can power efficient on consoles. Right. You know, so I agree. And I, I do think that the, which the, is moving more towards that because the cell processor was made between Ken Kudaragi and that team and IBM, if I recall. Yeah. So when you think about it in that sense, it was them working with a already known, which is exactly what you do in that situation. I'll you work it. with people who know what they're doing and who can manufacture it. And then you go, okay, what are we going to do? That's more interesting. That's going to make us stand out differently from the competition. It does make cross-platform development a little harder, but as long as they still near, try and do near it, possible, not near impossible, because near in this sense, impossible. they're still doing it's it on x86 it's, it's architecture. A, it's a pun. You get what I'm saying? Near will never come to, yeah, the original. What near? Yeah, the original will never come to PS4 in terms of like backwards compatibility. Oh well, yeah, I guess, but that's backwards compatibility, not cross. Uh, not multi-platform. Let me have my pun. Fine, have your pun. So, that's what I. That's what I dislike is that. But my point is, Xbox gets the nice things. Go ahead. Well, or, and, or the nice thing that I really and like. I'll give Xbox this. Even the even the 360 wasn't not wasn't necessarily x86 architecture, but it was closer. It was, yeah, and it's, it's, it's okay. I think it was. I mean, I, I guess it was Power's PC, if I recall. I could be wrong on that. I'm just not as up to date with what Xbox did as much. But I think it was a Power PC architecture. I think it was too, but I. That doesn't sound right. But regardless, regardless, my point being is that I think that you're still going to see in this situation, you're not going towards the sale, which was super proprietary, but instead you're doing, you're having somebody come in and do not proprietary uh, hardware in that sense to where it only happens on them. I think it still makes a familiar-ish architecture that has benefits that are only given to one uh, side because of the fact that they went in and tried helping them come up with what's going to work for them. Microsoft could easily do that too, and we may see that. We don't know. We're just not hearing those rumors, and maybe they're happening. Maybe those rumors are coming, but we're not as abreast with what's happening on the Microsoft side, so we're missing them. Yeah. Uh, we could. What we could end up seeing is very different sides, where this generation, they were very similar consoles. It's just, all you really saw the difference in was the ES RAM uh, and of course the um, the DDR3 RAM instead of the DDR5 and I think the ES RAM was put in as a last minute thing to try and help make up for that power difference uh, I could be wrong on that but when you look at it in that framing they were very similar consoles if instead in this time around if you saw PlayStation come out and it's like well we've worked with AMD to make a not a proprietary but we've worked with them to make a chip that make that only comes on ours and it helps run on a console on our side but it was something based around the technology we thought would be best for what we wanted to do with our system moving forward time. and then Microsoft goes well we've also done that but with an entirely different idea because we still want to push forward our idea forwards compatibility right and you may see it be attacked in two different ways. So you may see a slightly different generation this time around, and I hope so. It would be more fun to have something, something that's not yeah, so different. similar across the board but yeah. doesn't make multi-platform development so hard. But outside of that, uh, I mean, I yeah, the cell architecture is definitely one of those things where it was – 
Ken being like, well, I am a visionary and I know what I want and we're going to do something crazy. And the thing is, is it was very powerful and it was really hard to utilize, but it, it had was, a ton the, of, you know, it, it's, all the caveats that I had with it that we see now that we actually didn't see back then. Well, um, you saw them pretty quickly because we saw a number of games perform very poorly well, out yeah, of the gate. That's true, too, because the VRAM management, right? The 512 megabytes for um, being split between. Yeah. So you had 256 for games, Partition, 256 yeah. for that was the weird instead of a shared pool. Where did I get 512 megabytes from? I mean, that was the RAM amount. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. I thought, I thought yeah, I got my numbers mixed up. Yeah, it was but 256 uh, for OS, 256, 256 for, for games, games whereas the- Xbox had a shared pool of right. uh, 512 that when the games were wanting to do it, they could pull in more vice versa. And I think it maybe even had more, but I think it was that just across the board they had a shared pool of memory. So it was able to be more RAM could be used in games when the OS wasn't needing to be accessed as much. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, and that's, that's kind of where I hold it. I, I really... Because back then I did play on PlayStation at the end, and I liked it a lot. I did play quite a lot on it. But now, in terms of this generation, I really wish that that decision was not made. Just because there are games last gen, and I don't like owning multiple consoles. Uh, people uh, may not know that about me. I don't like clutter. Um, but do you all. feel like that's more of a personal? Not really. Because I mean, you can finish the point. I'm I was just... going to say, not really, because so many people are asking for backwards compatibility next gen for PS5. Well, sure, it's but when I say valid. biggest mistake, I think what you mean in the sense of, like, what was what was a mistake that was essentially the Achilles heel? Like, what was well, it that is, brought them this, down? This comes down to, well, I mean, that really... And that's why I say over-encompassed. You know, I think that that, that decision... Is part of a bigger problem. Is part of the bigger problem. Like I say, the hubris of them being able to come out and go, well, we're going to make something that's really crazy complex because we have a vision, and I applaud that, but with that also comes the fact that they knew it was going to require them to make a, a console that cost $700 at launch uh, unless you wanted the slightly cheaper version. Wasn't was it a, $600 at launch? It was $599 or six. I think it was $599 and then $499. Yeah. So it was $600. Regardless, they took a huge loss but it was also way too much and it came in a time period where $600 was more money than it is. You know, it's, it's yeah, one of those weird it things. It was a lot more money than it is now. So when you look at that, I was like, well, okay, not only is this going to be $600, it's going to be hard to develop for. Uh, we don't even come out and go, hey, we understand that this is expensive, but this is also a way to push stuff harder and far, and we're going to try and work with Adele. Instead, it was like, well, we're Sony. You, we, we know that we're a big name, so you're just going to trust us to be making the right decision. You know what's crazy is that when you look back at it, there were people who bought PS3s last gen because they were cheap Blu-ray players at the time. Yeah. Which now I, you look at people like this I say, gen who bought Xbox One Xs, or Ss, I'm sorry, Xbox One Ss because they were they cheap were, 4K Blu-ray players at this time. Yeah. It's a weird kind of... Uh, opposite flop there. But yeah, no, for me though, personally, I think that was their biggest mistake. Um, but, but that's a personal with, mistake. Yeah, and I agree with you in terms of like what was their biggest like mistake as a business. Yeah, I think, it, I think it's hard to argue that. Which is why... The PS3, and I, you could say it's the ego, but I think around the whole thing, I think you just say the biggest mistake they ever made as a, as a company was the entirety surrounding the PlayStation 3 inception launch. Well, and that's why it was such a saving grace that in 2013... Right, yeah, 2013's uh, E3, they came out on the floor and they're like, you want to have your friend borrow a game? Just give it to them. And it was such a, a tonal shift from what... For you, an announcement yeah. period. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was, and, and it E3, was had, E3 had evolved a lot at that point, you know what a, I mean? Because prior to that... That was the first year they became public, wasn't it? For, for actual fans, or was that... No, that was last year. Oh, it was? Hi. Where's yeah. Tom going? Yeah, man, I don't know how you thought that one, but look, what I mean by that is you can very easily look at PlayStation's E3s for the fact for the the, the previous ten years 
prior to 2013, right? And you could just see they were slowly getting better. But during the PS3 and the PSP reveals and all that, they were very number-heavy, business-heavy. They weren't fun. They didn't show a lot of games. Even the PlayStation 4 announcement was similar. Well, the PS4 announcement, I'll give them that. That was not trying to be... E3 is a uh, gamers all tune in. Yes, this was more of a business and partner. This was more like, hey, uh, for those of you who are... Well, and for people who are, who are fans that like the cutting edge, who understand it and want yeah. to see it and go, man. we talked about that, like, what, two episodes ago where it would appeal to us, but it's not going to appeal to everyone. Yeah, because, like, you know, for us, when we, when we see it on screen, it's like, well, we have eight gigabytes of DDR5 RAM. Well, no, that's, that's and, and you're like, well, that's pretty impressive. And then, and then by the other token, when we see Xbox come out and go, well, we have eight gigabytes of DDR3 RAM, it was like, oh, you know, it's, yeah, it's that's pretty, what I mean. is like for bad. people who are in a little, and you don't, and I'm, again, we say we're not crazy hardware specific. We understand a lot of it but we don't understand all of it uh, but when you're looking at that there's more for us there but the problem is that they used to treat their E3s like they did that when they're entirely Which, different things I think E3 has always been something that's a public and it's definitely it gotten more up and more exciting and more revealing it doesn't need to be a business I don't, even, I don't even like that word business, but I would say a more formal well, reveal. It is, and what's funny is E3's main purpose is it's a trade show. It's meant to get exactly. people together to help. Which ten years ago, if you'll remember, um, or actually, it's been longer than that. It's this, I always think of it uh, in 2001 or two, whatever. Super Smash Brothers. I remember watching that E3 on YouTube back in whatever time period that was when YouTube came out, because that was one of the first videos I ever stumbled across on YouTube, and this was probably back in 2007, I think, or eight. Um, but I remember watching, I'm like, man, that is the craziest, like, like, it looks like a convention room with like a projector. Yeah. And, and that's what they have this spectacular stages. Show. Yeah. Now, and I'll give this Sony was always big on trying to make their stage impressive because they, they understood that people are going to watch this, yeah. but what they didn't understand in that is like. What, when did Sony start getting the, oh, man, they won E3 from everybody? And, of course, I think so trying to say that somebody won is a really weird thing to say because it's really subjective. So did they win for you? Sure, and that's awesome. But why has it got to be a competition in that sense anyway? But I think more what it comes down to is, like, Sony always knew that it's like, well, people are tuning into this. We want it to look good, right? So they always had really interesting stages. Uh, I don't know if you remember the PSP announcement and they were talking about the PSP in games. Uh, the screen, there was a bunch of screens everywhere, and it was really, yeah. they always tried making their their stage really pretty and like it was a big deal, and they do a lot. And they were big, and I think that's because prior to that, it's like, well, that we're, we're the hot people, you know? We came in, we stormed the gates down ever since we've been at E3. We've sold so well. Our consoles have done so well. Uh, you know, we beat out Nintendo, who've been doing this forever when they shafted us. And now we're coming out and we're outselling them. Uh, you know, our games are getting rated higher. But then we come out with the PS2, which stops all the competition, destroys everything. When you look at it through that frame, I think Sony always knew what being competitive in that stage looked like. It's like, well, we need to look like we're upper class. But it was like when they got to doing their presentations, they'd care way too much about numbers and numbers in a way that people don't even care about. And now you have people like who watch this. And of course, we go through the news and we talk about whether year over year was higher uh, for hardware sales, not only in the units, but in the, mo- the monetary value spent with those units. And, you know, some people hear that and they just skip over it. But our whole show isn't trying to be that. Our whole show yeah. is trying to find a balance. When Sony used to do very heavy of like a lot of stage time with people talking about things that didn't matter, trying to give technical demos on things that weren't always ready, and it would end up like Wonder Book was like one of the highest. Like when you look at E3 blunders, it was like Wonder Book was it was they kept they showed it more than one E3, and it was really hard to show, and it never wanted to work right. What and was it the Microsoft killed there one of that of Wonder Book? I don't even know. No, I'm talking about like in terms of it, it was a very bad presentation. 
Nobody was interested in it. Was it connectimals or whatever it was oh, called? Oh, probably. The connect stuff was always with move stuff too. That's that's one of the things. It wasn't that move wasn't an okay. I mean, I I bought move and it wasn't the best purchase in the world, but I enjoyed a lot of it. I enjoyed uh, uh, sorcery, which was the little game that they came out with. Uh, that was actually a really cool move use. I remember and, you telling me about. Uh, that. I love that game. It's really cool. The, uh, kill zone and stuff being supported was awesome. But I think when you go outside of that, they they always tried showing. And Wonderbook was a move accessory. It was an accessory for an accessory for a system that, you know, it's like, come it on, a guys. a winding staircase of stuff you needed to play it. And it was like, okay, this is just ridiculous, and it's hard to show, and it doesn't work right, and that's how, and it was connectable, as I was thinking of. But um, yeah, but that's what I mean. And when you're looking at those senses of what Sony was doing, it's like they've really found a way to make E3 far more baller these days. It's yeah. just at the same time, a lot of those mistakes that they made in the hubris they had was like they went into everything like it was a big business. And I think that Sony gained a lot of fans and a lot of attention and a lot of goodwill as they kept going through the PS3 generation and going, "Hey, we're doing PS Plus. You get free games. It's an optional service. You don't have to have it to play online." They took a lot of steps to make themselves, you know, they brought the price down, they remodeled and redesigned so they could continue to bring the price down. They did cool games, big exclusives. Uh, they were really in touch with gamers, which was something that people really liked towards the end of that. And you see that bleed into this generation by Microsoft realizing that when they tried to be in biz, big business and come out with the Xbox One, it, it, it shot them the exact same way that it shot Sony. Except in this time, it was a much more public and much more... Because E3 had grown and, a wider yeah. audience. So it became, they instantly became the bad guy when Sony walked on stage the next day and was like, Oh, really? Angels. It, it was, yeah, it was later that night. It was like four hours later. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. Uh, so it was, so, it was absolutely. In that insane. sense, that's what I mean is that that's why I say it's Sony's biggest thing because when you go into this generation, and I think you could probably ask the same, what was Microsoft's biggest biggest blunder? What's their biggest mistake they've Xbox ever made? Xbox One E3. Yeah. The and Xbox. I would say, I would say Xbox One. From focusing on being an at-home entertainment machine and not a video game. And that's what I say. So literally, Microsoft just copied everything that they didn't copy Sony with when Sony blundered with the PS3 and just went up a generation and did the same thing from inception to carrying out the launch. It was more expensive for the reason of a stupid camera that nobody wanted and is no longer even supported now in terms of the new Xboxes do not come with the port for it. They don't. I don't think any games carried forward in the backwards compatibility list, obviously, because you couldn't use the camera. There's no games that are even being developed with that as a peripheral in mind. They're they're focusing on are now which is yeah kind of even the exclusives abandoned it you yeah. know early on it was like well okay well forza is going to use it that way you can open the hood like you could on 360 and early xbox one games yeah. but it, it does as become much as i love forza that, that was not yeah it, it, that's why i say when you look at the same thing it's like well it's just a story of bad decisions and thinking that you as a business know what's right for the customer because you got big-headed they got big-headed because they were the first people you know, Sony were the first people to rival Nintendo and then beat them out. Then they came up with the 360. Of course, they got stomped by the PlayStation 2 with the original Xbox. But then when they beat Sony the market and had a better price for the Xbox 360 and had better online, they got this thing where it's like, now we're beating the giant. This is, which is what scares me about PS5. And I, I'm 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 not scared, like terrified, but I'm also I'm intrigued. I think that they've of, learned the lesson. Now that doesn't I mean that they're they it doesn't mean the they're lesson. going back towards it a little bit because they're just trying to be more business sensed. Well, the whole stuff um, with, the, with with going on as of late, the censoring and all of this stuff. That weird adds, decisions. Yeah. Now they're not as bad. They're not, but it's, as it's, what was it's, going it's on a then. Scary trail to see. Yeah. Um, and so. I think that what happens is like you know Sony had that happen. They made that decision. They got very humbled. Then they went through and got very successful with the PS4 and came out on. 
top again, and they go, okay, we've done a lot, and we realize that, and that's why I say it's, it's a lesson learned thing. I don't think they'll ever repeat the exact same mistake. No, it'll never be that severe. It and may, I don't. It may be another massive mistake, but it will never be something like that. And I and I mean I say that with the same sense of uh, Xbox. I don't think that Xbox will repeat the same mistake of the Xbox One. No. They know They know now, they need games. They know that they need a, a game console and not an all-in-one well, media center. Money speaks, right? And, yeah, exactly. When, when PlayStation 3 launched and did relatively poorly in comparison to the competition, and then it continued to do poorly, Sony had to, they were like, what do we do? We're a business. Money is everything. Now we have to stop. Yeah. So I think Microsoft does the same thing. When they finally realized that it affected them on a monetary level, it was like, oh, man. We've went from being amazing with the 360 and doing so well uh, to now we're we're doing so poorly and we're being and of course you could say that they both sold a million copies day one I mean a million units day one of the consoles but when you look at the first year I mean Xbox One didn't have as good a first year as a PS4 and that's just one of those things and of course it just continued to broaden direct result of that so, so when you and and they did a lot to backstep on that and I'm glad they did and they backstepped on it before the launch even came they. See, was they, it, well, they, they learned to. a lesson from Sony. They realized at the time where they were like, well, we've already made the mistake. But what we can learn from Sony is that the thing that you do to fix it is to humble yourself quickly and backtrack on all the decisions that you made and that were lately, weird. lately, they've been on fire with, mm-hmm. and with things such as just not Phil. Or it is I mean, Phil it's Phil Spencer. Spencer. Yeah. yeah. Well, Phil, having the personality he has, he's become much – so, to be fair, Far more than Don Matrick. Yeah, I was going to say, he's never been the one that's been the spearhead of the bad decisions. It's been Don Matrick. Well, I think that's arguable, and, I'm, and I don't mean that for me because I honestly don't know. We have to see more business proof, and we don't quite see it. You hear anecdotal stuff, well, so but far, we don't see yeah. business proof. But I think that there are people, and I definitely know that there are – I've seen many people who argue that Games Pass may not be a smart decision. It may sound good on right, paper. It may look good on paper, we'll and it may be good for the consumer, but if it's bad for the business, ultimately it it's becomes be unsustainable. Bad. Yeah, it's going to become bad for the consumer because it's going to be a, a plug that has to be pulled eventually, yeah. and then it's going to take it away from the people who like it. Yeah, so um, I think that there's you can make arguments that there are that. You could argue people who are arguing that maybe they shouldn't go into, uh, they shouldn't be splitting their games off into PC because they should have true exclusives because it gives that much right. more incentive again, to buy it. Fantastic for us, but bad And again, these are moves that were, that, that were made by Phil at the helm, but they're not as immediately noticeably bad. There are things that you look at and you can see the good and the bad, but you don't know because it's real easy for people to say, well, developers are saying that they're doing well on it uh, on, on games pass and more games are joining games pass day one but microsoft may just be pumping money into that to try and get it going and it may eventually fall on its own legs it, yeah. it's hard to tell and that's why i say i i refrain right now i'm enjoying game pass and i think it's a good thing for me regardless of whether it's a good thing for the business it's a good thing for me and we just kind of have to see on where that lands you know it may, and again, what is it a good or bad decision in what way? But I think ultimately the decision always has to be the decision that helps keep the company in business. Yeah. Because you can love something all you want and you can think it's a great idea, but if the decisions that they're making and that you're supporting are driving them out of business, a sooner or later something has to stop or you're going to lose the thing you love anyway. So would you rather it be a little less, you know, full of features that you love but still be around and give you what you like for a longer time period or you want it to give you what you've loved about it recently and drive itself into the ground? And we don't know enough about that, so... Yeah, I agree. that was a long, long answer for yes. all that. But that's why the next two, <laughs> we're gonna go. Hey, they want longer episodes, Saul. The people, I will show you the Facebook messages. They want longer episodes. If they want longer episodes, it's gonna be hard on this one, I think, because it's kind well, of the, a dull the, week. The, the topic itself is gonna be a very short topic, I think. Anyways, we'll with see. The, way, the nature we'll of see. the topic. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, but Liam, ask any Black Friday purchases you plan on doing. 
I'm going to say this. Black Friday's passed, so yeah, just so you know, we've, we're done, more or less. We, we are recording this on uh, Sunday, the uh, the two days after Black Friday. But I'm going to say this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be prejudiced or judgmental to people who do, but I will not and have not and never will support Black Friday. I will not shop. I will not go out to a, re- to a restaurant, a retail store, uh, anywhere on Thanksgiving. Oh, on, on Thanksgiving, no. Well, that's when Black Friday starts now. Yeah, and I'll give you that because... And I won't go... I won't even go on Black Friday. I won't... I, 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 do, I do it all Cyber Monday, and I'm done. That's it. If I, there's something I want and it comes out on Cyber Monday, I'll get it. I am not going to go to Doorbusters. I'm not going to go... I'm not... No. I, and, I'll, and I'll say I'm a little different, but you... Yeah, I just... I, 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 I can't stand that companies are now opening up at 3, 4, 5, and 6 on Thanksgiving. You know, the common most time you'll be eating dinner with your family. Yeah. And they're forcing employees to go into work these shifts, and it is nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, required that you work on these holidays. And I'm not supporting it. Yeah, and I'll give you not that. At all. I know there are, there's a very select few people who are like, I don't care because I either live far away from family, or I don't have any family, or I don't mind the extra money. But no, I don't do it. It's it's not right. People, it's it's it's. Not not now so this year compared to last, but it's kind of dangerous in a way. And it's just it's one of those things that if I want something throughout the year, I'm gonna have it. And uh, my older brother always taught me this really cool saying, and he said, "If it is on sale and you do not plan on buying it, you do not need it." Oh yeah, no. And that's the, the exactly, long running. That's the exactly fundamental. Uh, the all the fundamentals behind Black Friday is. Do I need that new TV for four hundred dollars instead of a thousand? Absolutely not. It's a good deal though. Or you can save that four hundred dollars. And it always and comes down. It. And and this is what this is the thing about sales in general. But Black Friday is obviously the epitome of that of that saying, which is, like you said, if you weren't going to buy it, but suddenly it comes on sale and you bought it, you didn't need it. I agree with yeah. that. But the if you were already interested in buying it, and it went on a sale, and it, it goes on a sale, and then you buy it because but if it's something you don't need, it's or like, you did not want, and it goes on sale, you're wasting your money. Yeah, it's like it. people say, it's like you know when if if something's on sale for if something's normally six hundred dollars and it's on sale for four hundred, you didn't save two hundred dollars, you spent four hundred dollars. Exactly. That's all if you weren't planning on buying it anyway. Now, if you already had a plan in place to buy it and you were saving it, and then you just got lucky and you go, man, the exact TV I wanted is on Black Friday sale for like four hundred bucks off. And I and I'm already there. Like I've yeah, got that much money. That, that would make Bam. sense. But I know people who buy like laundry detergent when it's on sale, and they have jugs of it in their washroom. I, I don't need it now, but I'll need it later. Or you may have an emergency pop up, and you may need the thirty dollars you spent on the thirty jugs of laundry detergent that are sitting in your in your washroom that you're not going to use for another six months because you have ninety already. Yeah, there's a there's a really bad fundamental problem in that thinking. Yeah, no, it is, and it's it's not something I agree with. And I'm not there. There is a time in which in retail I have had to work holidays. And there's one phrase that will make me instantly dislike you more than anything else. And that is if I am working on a holiday and you come up to me and you say, oh, it sucks you have to be here. And it's like, okay, I'm here because you are here. If you would actually stay at home and be with family or stay at home and enjoy the holidays, even if you have no one to enjoy them with, then I would not be here. And then the fact that they're so oblivious as to just say it out loud like that. I'm so sorry you guys said to be here. If you guys, if you, if you catch yourself saying that, don't say that to people who, no, no, no. If you catch yourself saying that you should know that you probably shouldn't be at that place. Exactly. But if you, if you're one of those people who like, Oh, that's a nice thing to say to somebody. It's not, it's one of the biggest insults you can give somebody who's working on a holiday. Instead, thank them for being there. Just say thank you guys for working. I know, you know, I didn't have to come in here, but I needed this real bad. Thank you for being here. 
That's it. Don't, don't, oh, it, it sucks. Everybody has to work these days. There have been times in my life when I've worked previous jobs where I just really want to say, well, if you weren't in here, I wouldn't probably have to be in here. You and everybody else that's coming to the store today. <laughs> but yeah. And I'll give you, so my flip side of that is like, of course I, I did buy, I bought three things. Uh, and two of them were things that I was already going to buy yeah. and I just managed to get them cheaper. And that's what and I actually bought. I, whenever I was going to buy them, I said, no, I'm not going to buy them because I know they're going to go with sale. go out on Thanksgiving. Cause I we, didn't. Were, we were I all didn't. hanging out on Thanksgiving the way it should be. Yeah. And I agree with that. So I'll agree that if you're talking about black Friday in terms of the aspect that it starts on Thursday, I completely disagree with that. And even whenever I used to work retail, it when I worked GameStop, uh, black Friday, if you had to go in and work, it, it was a required. look, we know that you we're, we're off and we're completely closed on Thursday. Instead, when you come in on, fr- on Friday, depending on which shift you work, well, you know what? you got to come in at 4 a.m. on Friday morning. We understand that sucks, but at least you had the time with your family. Yeah. And, you know. You may be going to bed. You may I not think that it strikes sleep, a balance. Yeah. And my thing is is that too, too, too many companies now are doing this, like we said, week-long stuff. That I like, but I also dislike. It's very, it's very much so a double-edged sword when it comes to this because I like it because not only does it give everybody offers throughout the week. But it also creates less of a frenzy on the actual day. Exactly. That it used to happen. What yeah. I don't like about it is that some of them try to start so early that everybody is doing it. So well, now yeah. all these places are opening up earlier than they should for on Thanksgiving. Because it became a competition. The first exactly. company to go, well, hey, instead we're going to open on uh, 9 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then the, and then the next year the people go, you know what? Well, we're going to open it at 5 o'clock on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And then GameStop and this year goes, well, we're going to open it at 3 o'clock on Thanksgiving. It's ridiculous. And it's, it's one of those things that like I don't I don't support at all. Uh, I like Cyber Monday is one thing. And that's that's pretty much the only thing I care about. Well, you know what's I've really interesting is that there's certain zero things this year. There's certain, and, and this is actually something I kind of I like the idea behind because it's essentially the spirit of what you're talking about. In this sense, this is a holiday, right? And I know that you know Black Friday is not a holiday. I'm talking about Thanksgiving. Okay, um, just making sorry. sure you because uh, you you're saying people going to Thanksgiving. Um, People having to work on Thanksgiving. Yeah. Now, of course, we all know that there are certain jobs out there that there is just no potential way. And I'm not talking about completely outside of traditional retail. I'm yeah. talking about things like gas stations, right? And and you know, gas Movie station theaters. convenience stores, something like that. Movie theaters t- tend to stay open on Christmas and Thanksgiving. Yeah, and that's you know, it's one of those things the, like, where big name ones like Cinemark and um, yeah. Like the because they do the yeah AMC yeah, Tinseltown all that stuff yeah Tinseltown. Uh, but anyway, when you look at that and the way that they do these things. Those are jobs that you have to do that because you might be stopping someone else from being able to go. So it's more of like, well, we understand that this is a weird position and it's normally going to be younger people, hopefully, that have to do this. And that's unfortunate, too. Um, But it's one of those things where it's like, well, you have to be able to stop somewhere and get gas. Because what if an emergency happens and you have to drive eight hours on on, on Thanksgiving Day? Stuff like that is... It's unfortunate. That's when you do... But it's a different type of unfortunate. Yeah. And and to be nice, that's like when if you have to go to a gas station to get gas, you're like, thank you for working today. Yeah, because and you and mean it when you say it, and and that's one of those things. And if you're not gonna be nice about it, just pay with your car at the pump, or and just, yeah, yeah. Which I mean, you I could can say tell that you right now that people get ridiculously like stubborn and just blunt headed when it comes to shopping around the holidays. Yeah. They don't understand things that should be understood. 
Yeah, I'll give you that. But that's one of those things. So that's a whole different ball game than people having to be like. I honestly, when Walmart started announcing they were going to be open on Thanksgiving, I was like, why? Give those poor people yeah. a break. Give everybody who doesn't legitimately need to be somewhere a break. Well, guess what? Be if you were, if you ill prepared, and this, I honestly believe poor this. Time it, if, if you ill prepared to get everything you needed for Thanksgiving to a point where you needed to go last minute and get some food at Walmart at nine o'clock or then ten o'clock in the morning, be hosting Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Then guess yeah, what? Very, it's, it's, it comes down to ill. Or, or poor time management and you being ill-prepared and that should yeah. not fall on the fault of I, I agree. places stayed open. But anyways. Um, Hold on, I'm going to get the rest of it. So what I did buy, just to answer the question, because I, it does come sure. into it, uh, and I think that these are weird things. I don't like to wait for things or ship things because I just think it's unnecessary when you can go and get them. So instead what I do is I don't do doorbusters either. I let Friday morning happen I wait, and I wake up just as I would any other day and I just kind of have my day. And then around 5 to Six o'clock, I go out at the end of Black Friday and just kind of see whatever's left. Because um, by and, then it's pretty dead. Yeah, so what we did this year, uh, Dad came over Friday. We hung out with him, ate some food, uh, and about 5 o'clock, um, I think it was 5, 5.30, he left. And we're like, okay, well, we don't really have anything else going on, so now we're going to go out because we need a Christmas tree. And we haven't bought one since we've been here. We had one from the old house that was in really rough shape. It was too small, blah, blah, blah. Like, well, you know what? We really need a Christmas tree. Pull the trigger and go get one today. Found one, so we got one Christmas tree. And then I was like, well, you know what? I already wanted, and I specifically made plans to buy – uh, Astrobot, I just wanted, but I didn't know if it was going to go on sale because it's kind of new. So I was like, if, I go, if I'm going to hold off, if it goes on sale, I'll pick it up. And if it doesn't, I'll just pick it up anyway. And then Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I didn't expect to go to 27, but it went to 27. And I was like, well, I'm really glad I waited. It's crazy because that game came out, what, two months ago? Something like that. I think it was uh, last month. I think it was early October. Yeah. So we're, we're going to get into that here in a minute, though. Yeah, and that's a little less egregious, but yeah, we're about to get into that. Last question here is from Mr. Matt Green. He says, "What ridiculous reasons have you heard for bad reviews on games? Uh, for example, Battlefield because of women being in it." I've not heard those reviews. But I'm not surprised if they're out there. Well, and I wonder, because when I read this question, I was like, does he mean real reviews or does he mean uh, general he gaming sentiment? I think like, he means real reviews. I don't know that I've ever heard, I've ever seen, man, you would be a ballsy dude to review a game I mean, <laughs> and I'm say that sure. the only reason you didn't like it, or not, not the only reason, that's being disingenuous to the thing, but to, if you actually mark a reason for not liking the game as because women were in it, and Matt, I, and look, I get the argument on the other side of, well, were women actually fighting in the war at that That's time? That's a conversation I'm not going into. No, more me either. Because honestly, I'm, I'm going to tell you this much, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the answer, and I'm not even going to try and guesstimate my way through it. I think it's... I think I could look back and potentially see, because didn't Battlefield 5 move to, to World War II? Didn't it move up I from World War I? I haven't kept up with Battlefield 5 at all. Okay, well, I think it did. Uh, but even then, I just think that what a weird thing, because... You know what? Like, like Saul said, it's somewhat fictionalized. And, you know, if you wanted to get into the – and this is the argument that always happens around that, which is why are you worried about that and how it's not realistic, but the game itself is not realistic. You can't get shot 30 times and hide behind something and eat a pill or – can't do that in Battlefield either. Uh, 30 is hyperbole. Yeah, but my no. point being is you can't get shot five times, hide behind something, wait for your bar to refill in life, and just, like, wait for a couple seconds to go, I feel better than hop out full blast again. That's not how life works. Games already have the, the the need to suspend some disbelief because it's just by nature of what it's trying to get across. And then I think at that point, it is a weird one. I've heard people share the same sentiment, not in a review state, but in a do you want to play the game or not? I've heard people not want to play Tomb Raider because I had a, a female. Uh, one of my coworkers, I was trying to get to play what? Nier Automata. Yeah. I was trying to get one of my coworkers to play Nier Automata, and he was like, 
I don't want to play near Tama because I don't want to play as a girl. And look, if you and I'm, I'm not saying this as if if you have the preference where you don't prefer to play as a girl, that's fine. I don't care. But I think if if you want to talk down on something and and say it's bad just because you play as a girl, I think that's a slightly unnecessary thing. I, I think that you need to go off of the the story itself. And I think that sometimes you can always do think, well, it was still a well written character, but it didn't click with me because I don't understand the plight of being a woman or whatever you want to say or you know if you're a woman say well i didn't click with that character because i don't really understand what it was trying to do with talking about being a man i don't know these are things that are kind of up in the air but i think that you kind of, you need to look at things as as openly as possible and go you know what was this actually a good character despite the fact that i didn't click with it you know because it, it shouldn't be of whether or not i clicked with it it's like you can look at everything and be like okay was well, it a good character despite the fact that it just wasn't for me uh and, and kind of go off of that i think that's a weird review but if you want to talk about the most ridiculous thing i've heard in a review that i know was an official review and we talk about it all the time <laughs> was 7.8 too, too much, much water. water that's my answer yeah which was Pokemon uh, Alpha Sapphire and Omega Ruby's review. Uh, and it was one of those things where... That, that's the only answer I have, because that's the most ridiculous thing. I don't I've think heard. I've ever seen another review that was that ridiculous. Oh, well, you know what? We could say what made me more mad than anything. We I talked about this plenty of times. And this is a quick one. Uh, the order getting three out of tens, and then what made me more mad is that you would give it a score of three out of ten, and then you'd re-review it. It's like nothing in that review loosely came out to what would in my mind level out to a three or two out of 10 score. Okay. The game is too short. Okay. The game uh, doesn't have enough action in there. Okay. These are all just gripes that while may affect the score, how does that, uh, these small gripes, does the game work? The game works. Does the game have good voice acting, good motion capture? It's got good, it's got, does it look good? Does it have a lot of glitches? Does the game crash all the time? Uh, you know, uh, does it, it's one of those things where you have to look at that. It's like, in no way, shape, or form can this game be a 2 out of 10 on an objective scale when you're trying to, like, you know, it's why, one of the things I like about Game uh, game Informer, when they do their reviews, is that they have squares for their reviews of like, uh, Replayability, uh, audio, video, graphics, you know, uh, story. That way they kind of give you an idea and there's a short synopsis of what they thought about each one. Uh, is it replayable? Moderately. Or little replayability or massive replayability. Did it have good audio? Well, the voice acting was good, but the music suffered by not being a very good quality. Like it didn't, it wasn't mixed in right or it was a poor score or something like that. You know, I think on things like that, you can kind of go off of that, but that's why I like that idea because it doesn't, if you do that objectively, then you can look and go, okay, well, it fails in these two areas. You know, it fails in the gameplay aspect and, it fails in the replayability aspect. So by that, we're going to give it, we're going to knock off two points per, and we're going to give it a six out of 10. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. You know? Makes sense. And that's why, so that's not one ridiculous reason necessarily, but it's more of a, how do you end up with that score? And then your your review doesn't even justify it. Those are, and, and that I've seen that happen with other games. It's not just the order. It's just one of the most egregious examples I've seen. Um, so that wraps up reader mail, and that moves us into the main topic. So do you want me to do it? Do you want to go for it? Pop off into it. Okay. All right. Uh, where we're going with the main topic in this one is essentially, like we teased in the beginning, uh, similarly, but not even closer to launch, sadly, uh, as Shadow of the Tomb Raider, Fallout 76 has been discounted as low as $35 in the U.S. and as low as twenty nine ninety nine. And I can't remember ever what the C is. I don't know if it's pounds or francs or what, but this was in Amazon, Germany. Uh, and Did you say francs? Yeah. <laughs> I was just That's not a real thing. Throwing out, I think Franks is a uh, wasn't it like Prussian francs was a currency at some point. I'm just throwing random currency information out there. My point being is that I don't know what it is. 
anyway, with that being said, it's gotten as low as essentially half price in other areas, uh, and that is. Ten days, nine days. Actually, I think we looked it up. Uh, nine days after the game launched. Yeah, that's for that this game to hit Black to Friday and do this. One of the most cheapest price discounts on a game ever. That quick. And what's crazy about that? Because me and Saul were talking about. It. Of course, you know we talked about Fallout seventy six a couple of times on the show, and I don't think either of us has played it at all yet. Right. You didn't play it at all? No, I was going to say, I was trying to think if I even downloaded the beta. No, I haven't downloaded the beta. Oh, me either, because I, I didn't pre-order the game. Um, well, I felt like I remember somebody gave me a code. Was it, Liam, did you give me a code? I wonder if he gave me a code or not. I don't recall these things. But regardless, you know, that happened. I didn't play the game at all. I'm, I mean, I have literally no clue as to what the game is like. But I think this is either, either this is gross decision-making, like just poor decision-making on the on the manufacturer's part uh, to do the game, if they consider it to be... <laughs> this is a G-rated podcast, Kitty. Stop, <laughs> stop aiming yourself that way towards the camera. Uh, but anyway, if it's, the, if it's the publisher, in this case Bethesda, making the decision to just discount the game, even though in their mind it's performing to, which in my opinion, I don't think any game that is performing to expectations drops in price because you can see that with Red Dead Redemption, which uh, as far as I've seen on Black Friday, it did go down in... Um, it did go down in price on the limited edition and the other one, whichever it was, like you know the the later editions. But the base game that was sixty dollars never went down. So what happens in that case is that you can get the game for cheaper on the mega editions and the stuff that comes with extra stuff, but you never were able to spend less than sixty dollars on the game, despite the fact that those were on sale. So when you look at it in that sense, it's one of those things where. Yeah, something like Assassin's Creed, which is still a relatively new game uh, and hasn't had too much time to, you know, necessarily deserve a price cut. Definitely to the extent of $27. I was honestly really surprised. Yeah, but Tomb Raider is about to have another one. Yes, I know. And that's even crazier. So we'll, 65% off. Oh, my God. Up to 65 on select games. So that doesn't mean... That's true. That's that true. That doesn't mean that marketing. it's for sure. That's why I hate that kind of marketing. But what essentially it's getting down to is that these are games that, like, whenever I went to Black Friday and bought uh, Assassin's Creed, uh, of course, I saw it. two other games that were there at GameStop that I could have bought uh, were Fallout 76 for 40 at the time. Uh, and, of course, I could have gotten Tomb Raider, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, for $27. Both of these are games that I intend to play at some point in time eventually. But I decided not to get them, even though I probably will never be able to get them for that cheap again for the foreseeable six to eight months. Honestly, if if in one year Fallout 76 was a very stable game with uh, quite a lot of content and it was $60, I'd still buy it. Yeah, me too, if they so, fixed everything. And again, that way you can do what you say. You, you, you vote with your wallet, right? Exactly. It's okay to vote with your wallet to skip a game at launch, and then when they do the necessary things to fix it in your mind and yes, it's sir. at the point where you feel like it's worth the 60 then you do it and i think that's fair enough i think some people go well you're supposed to vote with your wallet you're supposed to never get the game no that's, that's not, not the true. point that's not the point i show encouragement that i agree with what they did here in hopes that it will mean that they do these things closer to launch next time and that it's right. not you know people, so far removed people with that mindset tend to forget that uh being uh i don't want to say that negative but being uh like that makes it to where when a game like elder scrolls like destiny 2 or, you know, even World of Warcraft at points and Final Fantasy XIV at points. When all these online-only games and MMO-style games, when they go and they're having a very hard time in development and they need fixing and they finally get the fixes and there's an update and there's DLC with that update and it makes it a much grander and better game, you forget that if you're still boycotting at that point, even though you had intentions to get it, but you're only boycotting because of the very first launch, 
you're hurting the fan base of that game. You're not hurting the developer at that point because the everybody else is coming back. There's a and it's not as big of a group that's not buying it because of that than you than you think it is. There's more people that that changed their mind and bought it because of this updated content than there are people still boycotting it for. Yeah, I think at that point lines. you're almost being a contrarian and trying too hard to to. I mean, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but you are affecting not the developer like you think you are. You are affecting the fan base, the player base of that game. But oh, you, okay, that's that's okay. That's better wording. Player base. That's, I thought that's what that's what I said. You, you said fan base. And, oh, and, that's what I mean. And, and my bad. Fan base is a little different because fan base is like you're doing something that sounds like by not supporting the game once it fixes you're, itself, you're, be, you're jeopardizing the future of the franchise. Yes. No, that's not what I. But mean. what you're meaning I mean, is the current people play because if you and I'm talking about people who intended to buy the game I know one person that does this and it's not uh, it's not anybody else in the world that I know that does this but he would not buy Destiny 2 because of how it launched and I'm just like dude it's worth it now it's worth the money if, and he's interested in the game. That's what kills him. And what's he worse wants is to play the game with the but, de- with the uh, Black Friday deal for right now. You can like get the it's thirty five thirty five dollars yeah. for 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 Forsaken and everything. And he wants that you need. he wants to play the game. He's like, I want to have fun with you guys, but I just can't support a company that does that. You're an idiot. Well, because again, <laughs> I'm a. Uh, yeah, you're really that is an idiotic thing because you are at that point, again they, they, you they, encourage the company when they do what you wanted them to do and they've done that and they they have so now you go out and you, and you support two things at the same time you support the company for making better decisions and then you support the the player base as well by having more of a pool of people to play with exactly and more funding that can go into future updates I'll and give you that decrease the longevity of the game's life yeah I'll uh, give you that I mean I think so that's a reasonable enough stance it's on that it. one personal person that I just can't stand when he does this because it's like you're just being this way to be this way and at part at times I think he doesn't even want the game I think he's just saying it to say it to to kind of say like I'll get it if they didn't do that no you're lying because you you just have it. no interest in the game why and, do you care what's then crazy you know what's crazy, Brett? What's this crazy? Guy plays Final Fantasy fourteen, a game that launched, that launched awful, in such a bad launch. They had to literally make the game free to play into the game to destroy it to start a brand new game from the ground up. Not from the not from like the game design sense, but from like a story and lore per, a sense. And I'll give them this: they handled that well. The game that, the, the that fourteen ever fourteen went free to play as soon as they realized that they had made bad decisions the, and that it wasn't going to work out. It went free to play, and it was free to play the entirety until a Realm Reborn hit. The fact that you can in, in the original game, when once this was all announced, you can see the meteor. And you can stand there in game and be like, "That's what's coming for us." And then it finally happened, and then it restarted to become a realm reborn. Was crazy. That's the coolest. Like I, I don't even know what to call that. Like that's just the coolest turnaround a game has ever made from being bad to uh, to being moderately okay in a realm reborn that improved on a lot of things. And now it is what I would consider one of the. It's only in top. It's it's top two MMOs it's after in, Stormblood and everything else happened. Well, I was gonna say it's in there with World of Warcraft. Um, for me personally, it's obviously way better than World of Warcraft. But yeah, I'm with I you on that. But, but I think you know <laughs> now. I guess we need to go into the idea behind it. My allergies. How do you feel about the fact that in these situations, it seems like more and more often and more and more quickly that developers are putting out games and then very quickly lowering the price. 
And now there's two things, right? Typically, the argument that I would say lasts whenever you lower the price on something is that enough time has passed that the $20 more that you spent uh, is justified by the fact that you played the game three months before everyone else or were con- able to continuously play it for three and months so, before the other people. people like that justification. Yeah. It makes it worth it And that okay, like, them. That's, that's the perfect example. If you used MMOs as an as a example. So, you know, one of those things that happens is, of course, you can do uh, you can buy World of Warcraft and then you can buy every update as soon as it hits. Or well, you can wait well, for the, in- the update the DLC that interests you, and then you can get the previous one with it, right? Right. So like, if you haven't played World of Warcraft in six years, and then you come back now in their most recent expansion, which includes every expansion before it, you, you buy it once, and you go, well, yeah, you know, maybe I'm getting all of the game for way cheaper than you did, but you also were able to play the game the last six years and got six years' worth of value out of the game. Yeah, and, and that's interesting, too, because that that's happened in Destiny with people I know personally. Because that's essentially what happened with me. You know, of course, I bought Destiny. Well, I didn't play anything really. until Forsaken, so I saved the oh, money. Destiny 2. Yeah, sorry, Destiny gotcha. 2. Destiny 1, for sure. Well, Man. technically, we were both in at ground floor, and then... Well, I was I was in at ground floor of Destiny as well, to be fair. Destiny 2. Because yeah, uh, Destiny 2, I bought the game at launch, but then I did not buy any of the DLC when it hit, and I didn't even buy Forsaken at launch. I waited until Forsaken uh, went cheaper, and went on sale, with and bundled DLCs. with the other two DLCs. Yeah. And, you know, it's at a, that it's point... It's a very common strategy that we can see that most games will do. Yeah, and I think it also made everything. the playability better for me. It gave me more to play when I came yeah. back. It made... It made the 33 that I actually only spent about $3 of my own money on uh, seem that seem that much more worth it because it's like well I had two I had three new stories to go through and of course you have all the post game that continues to change alongside that so how does this always become a destiny podcast <laughs> I, I'm just thinking this example I mean you're right but no, it, no, yeah, it tends it, to fit the topic it, it I think it's a great topic I, think, I mean a great example of the topic because because I applaud that, right? Because it's very similar to Fallout. And then if you go off of that too, and Elder Scrolls. Forsaken has gone on sale a few times, right? And they found yeah. ways to to slowly make it cheaper. But essentially, it's been out for over two months now, almost. Yeah. Uh, and at the same point. They've done good things for people who bought Forsaken early, and whenever they decided to pull everything in for the people who bought Forsaken without it including the other two, they gave them free stuff. They found ways to try and balance this, while at the same point, the sale for Forsaken has never gone below $30, so it's not even a full $10 off the original price of Forsaken to begin with. And it's one of those kind of games which is similar to Fallout, where when you do decide to buy it with its collector's edition or master's edition, whatever it's going to be called in a year when the, when all the DLC is part of it, and it's $60, because it's inevitably, I can't even speak. I'm burning at the same time. <laughs> inevitably going to happen. Um, and you're going to be starting fresh, and that is the disadvantage you are going to have, and that is what makes it worth it for some people. People like Blake or people like Donovan who got the game. And once the game is fixed, we're going to go into the game brand new babies and diapers. Which is actually be- funny because this that's an interesting thing. That's a side topic, but I just want to get it out real quick. I was talking to Donovan about the game, and he said that the, actually the, the one of the things that he hopes they fix in the game is that right now, uh, if he played with me, he doesn't even get experience at all. So it's like Destiny. Uh, wait, what? If he played, if he played with me, if I just came into the game, the level he is, since I'm a lower level, if he were to help me do things to play with me to have fun with me, he have he'd get no benefit to his character. That's terrible. That's see, like if you go back, okay, if I if, if there's Seth, literally no reason to do that, if Seth, except for to have friends. Yeah, you know, see, friends. like if Seth starts playing Destiny two right now, and then I go and help him, You're I'm still be getting, getting experience. Glimmer, I'm getting experience. You're gonna be getting drops. There's something. You know? yeah, they, I mean, it'd be like if you were running strikes or whatever with friends after you've yeah. already gotten the bonuses. You're still getting all the benefits possible, but you're with a friend. This, on the other hand, is I don't even know what this is. This is I, I've never heard of a game that has done this. 
oh, she's down here begging again. <laughs> Your fur makes me, like, seize up. Well, look, it's just one of those interesting things that in this particular situation, you have two games now that have done this. Uh, and, and, of course, you could try and you, – if you wanted to lump in Assassin's Creed going at – under half of the cost of when it launched uh, about a month later, a little over a month later, because I think Assassin's Creed was early October. So for it to go on sale in late November, it's getting very close to two well, months. And to be fair, uh, I, we did mention this beforehand talking uh, before the podcast, but this is a point in time in which there are sales bound to happen due to the nature of the holidays. So, so the, for the game to go on sale two months later, two months later during the discount during that holiday is fine. But for Fallout to go $25 cheaper, and if nine days after release, yeah, nine days after release, regardless of the fact that because it, it's funny, in one case, you can go, well, it's a sale and you should expect it to go on sale. Well, that's a little different than saying, well, OK, the what I mean, it's, it's different than saying, OK, well, the game went on sale and then two months later, it, it, I'm trying to think of how to word this. It is different. You're using the right wording. of You're using the right setup, though, whereas Assassin's Creed releasing two months ago and then going on sale during a time where you expect a sale makes sense. Exactly. A game that just launched nine days prior that you expect to skip. It's like Red it's Dead. Just, I expected Red Dead to skip. It's it. happened twice now. Yeah. It's it, Within these past two days, it's gone on two different prices below $40 from two different vendors, yeah. not on the same sale. Yeah. Um, and to me, yeah, I know, Kitty, you're just... Talk away, Saul. Yeah, for me, it's it's one of those things that's I'm, I, I knew I wasn't going to buy it at launch because I did my, the philosophy I always say and encourage people to do, a very common one, vote with your wallet. But it is hard to think that if, I was, if I'm having fun, and that's another thing that factors in uh, as well is the fun factor and it's the personal factor, is that is it worth it for me to have played this game for $25 or $35 more than what people are getting in at right now if I'm having more fun with friends? I do think, though, that Fallout looks to be so flawed that, for me, that would never have been worth it. The $60? Well, or or the fact that you're playing, the yeah. In the comparison that, like, there are games like we've talked about before, like Terraria, and, uh, or Terraria, I don't know why we say Raria, but Terraria, and other games where, like, we would pay more than full price for those games because of the experiences we've had, because how the content that we've gotten out of it is, would give us. So, for me... To, 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 to have gotten Fallout 76 and to played it up until this last weekend, I would have been incredibly insulted if that game was $35 and $25 cheaper there is, than what it is now. Yeah, there is oh, no a way. A week and two days after launch. There's no way to justify. Nine days, ten days, whichever one you want to say, regardless. Even two weeks. Let's just say that. There is no way to justify a game dropping that quickly. Uh the only time it would definitely a game that's online, you know. I mean, yeah. it doesn't. It, it's a little different. I mean, you and could, especially in the in the in the in the condition it's in, and then it, I, I I can't even think of the name of the video, but it's the one I told you about that's like thirty minutes long, and it was people just glitches after glitches after glitches, and some of them are the same, which is what's scary, and some of them were completely different that and unique, more and random, yeah. That at least that feels famous. better, right? So, yeah. Well, it just something happened. But there are a couple things that look not game breaking, but completely just fun breaking to me, and it's 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 one of those bad catches, you know. You go in and you think you got a fish that's worth it, and you're like, I'm gonna stick through this to the long run. Eventually, they're gonna update it. Eventually, I'm gonna be up there at level 100 or whatever. And I'm gonna have all the best stuff. I'm gonna have a, the best power and on the it. hours of play and that I'm I was able to put the in. Hours. I'm gonna have all the cool stuff that show you that I'm one of the best. And yet, here we are, nine days later, and I have wasted technically thirty dollars of my own money. 
There are people out there that are going to say, I'm getting the $60 enjoyment out of it. It doesn't affect me at all. Now my friends can come in at cheaper prices and we'll have more fun. But I think that it's really, not, yeah, that is really hard high. to justify that now. Again, a month? Maybe. Well, and I'm just Two saying, months? Like, sure. If Forsaken, because I paid full price for Forsaken. If Forsaken dropped to $10 to get you to play it, I'd be like, good. I don't care I wasted $30 because now technically my wasted $30 got Brett into the game and we were having all this fun we are now. It would have been worth it. But it's also been. But it's a, also a, a, on a grander scale, a complete slap to the face. Yeah, but even then, we're talking about it. If, if Forsaken dropped to $10 now, it wouldn't be near as no, big I'm of a deal. No, I'm talking about the same time frame. Yeah, no, God. The same time frame. Yeah, you, so you might be able to justify it yourself it because of what it did for you. you off because you're like, wait a second. They're oh. all saying this is good. Now yeah. it's only $10. Yeah. What's going on here? Yeah, like, no, no joke. That would. Uh, yeah. But I think that that's, that's what's interesting because when you look at this, is there any way in your mind that you can justify? Because I don't think Bethesda's not come out and said that it's not because that it's because of sales not hitting expectations. But is there any way to to look at this and not go, well, this is because the game is not selling is to to, it, to expectations? I, I think I know the reason why, and that is because I think it was obvious. Real quick, sorry, but I think it's obvious just to kind of add into this side of it. I think it's obvious that that's exactly what it was with Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider has no online component. It right. all comes down to, well, it's not about trying to get more people in so that the world's more fun for everybody. Right. It's just it's, it's entirely a story. So it's like, well, the game didn't sell enough. We're going to drop the price by, uh, you know, 20 bucks uh, three weeks down the road because the game just didn't sell well enough. And we got to try and make this up before the year ends. So, but go ahead. So for mine, it's a little more psychological and it's a little bit different because of the nature of the game. And, of course, this holiday we're around with Black Friday and Cyber Monday being a thing. There are people in the world that go into stores with no intention of buying anything at all and they see something on sale and they have to have it and there is a there's so many thought processes there you could name them all they could need it or they could think they may need it one day they could take advantage of the sale whatever it may be and that hits everybody everybody is like that but there are some people who use this as an excuse knowingly so to buy things like oh well it's this price i might as well grab it it's by friday uh, that they know they don't need it, and they know they don't really want it, but they do it anyways. And I think I think everybody kind of struggles with that, but I think most people hopefully I, would I've have seen, an easier time going. No, I really don't need I've it. I've seen people make some really really dumb decisions doing that, and um, we've talked about one person in particular the other night, uh, and I think that that has to do with it a little bit because when you're in GameStop and you're shopping around for Black Friday sales and you see Fallout 76, especially if you're not connected to the game world, you're like, that game just came out not long ago. This is a good deal because you may not know anything about Fallout. And you may think, well, this game was $60 yesterday. Now it's $35. I'm going to grab that because eventually one day I'll play it. Not thinking about going into it. So you're and saying that you think Bethesda did this on purpose th to try and hit that part of the market? I think they the did more it on casual. purpose to hit that part of the market because a lot of people use Black Friday for um, Christmas shopping. So there are kids out there who may not follow gaming close or they may not know exactly the, the problems with Fallout or they might they may not care because they get to play with friends. But then they put it all on the Christmas list so mom and dad go buy it on Black Friday. And then you have people... I used to work at a shoe store. This is a little side tangent but it's very short. And... Everybody, I think every state does this, but there are tax-free weekends, and which typically right before school, and typically on most non-grocery items, right? Like, I yeah, think it fits in. I know it fits in clothing and shoes and stuff because I, I was working in a shoe store when this happened. It seems like it's to help give a break to people who need to buy back to school supplies and clothes for their kids. Yep, and we had one customer come in 
and she was really nice and she ended up being in there for an hour talking to us and this was like almost 10 years ago by the way um but we were talking and she lives in a town that's 40 minutes away a town that's real small it's on texas it's going towards texas i'm sure you could probably guess but um they don't have a mall they don't have shoe stores or anything like that they're a really small town and she was telling me that she came to town to take advantage of tax-free weekend and stuff, but she only had two things to get, and that was her daughter and her other daughter some shoes. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let me know if you need help. They walked out of that store with Uggs. And for those that don't know, Uggs are boots that cost in the price range of 200 to $300. I wasn't the one that sold them the Uggs because I don't remember them out, but I know that it was around $500 what they walked out with. She justified driving 45 miles to and back to spend $500 on two pair of winter boots in August. Just to save the Just little bit of tax. Just to save the $45 in tax. And it's because of our state that is quite a bit. Or I guess that was Texas. So it's in Texas. Bad. So I mean, 45 yeah, yeah. It's like $40, $45 in tax. Yeah. So there are people who justify these weird purchases in their mind, especially during these kind of sale weekends. So I think that Bethesda did this intentionally. I can see that. I marketers mean, it's, and all these people have these, these ideas laid out in the way we shop. So they know that. They look game, at buyer habits. Yeah, and, this game sucks, but one day it'll be good. I'll pick it up while it's cheap. Sale right there. There, they don't care if you're going to play it for two hours or, four, or fifty-five. You, they, you bought yeah, the because ultimately, to the publisher and the marketer, it doesn't matter about whether or not the people are playing it. It's exactly. about whether or not the sale happens. Exactly. And and that, well, okay, they want you to at least play it once so that you open it so that you can't return it. Pretty much, yeah. That's essentially where they land. They don't really care, or they or they just hope that even if you don't open it, you sit on it outside of the window of when you can return it. Yeah, and, and then, I think I think that's what happened. I think that they took advantage of this being a holiday weekend. I think they took advantage of the the massive discount this game had. For reference, we were talking about before Red Dead Redemption Two was, was cheaper by ten dollars, and that was the seventy dollar version or the eighty dollar version of Red Dead. Yes, 2. the base yeah. game wasn't even discounted at least through GameStop. It might be through somewhere else. There and it was so many websites to keep from I saw it wasn't discounted on the PlayStation Store digitally yeah. or anything. So the only digital versions that even got sales were again the upper versions right. outside of the base game. So and this and that's a game that came out four weeks ago. So yeah. you had this you have this mindset and it's super interesting. And I really want to hear from people who watch whether it's the comments, uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, Discord. Let me know like if you think I'm anywhere near correct in this, uh, and let me know if you've ever done this because I've done this with one game before, and I shouldn't have. I really shouldn't have. And because it's one of the worst mistakes of a games that you could have done it with. That was Star Wars Battlefront 1. That was made oh, by, Lord. Yeah, that was made by EA, not by Lucas. Yeah, yeah, uh, the dice uh, one. Lucas Arts. I mean, I can't remember the name of the studio. I think it was the Pandemic or whatever. Yeah, you're right, Pandemic. Um, um, but, I love how I said I, I don't think I know it, and then it said, the, I'm pretty sure that's the exact name. Yeah, it is. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, but I, I bought that game when it was on sale to $45, and I bought it on the PSN store. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to play this game eventually. I probably played that game three hours total. But they got my $45, and uh, yeah, obviously digital, so couldn't return it. If it was GameStop, I would have gotten back garbage in terms of like trade credit. But yeah. at least yeah, at yeah. that point, I could trade it in. But that is exactly what I think they did, and they did it on purpose. I think that – and I don't think it was malicious. I don't think it was to get people to buy like 
a broken game. I'm not trying to make Bethesda out to be bad guys. I'm just saying they knew what they well, were doing. Okay, in but a way, they are. Let's let's frame it a little differently. Way, they're not bad guys in the sense that they're just trying to literally like go and drink cigars behind me, like ha ha. We tricked thirty thousand people into buying a game that doesn't even work. Puff the cigar. Yeah. Uh, but I think what you mean more is that. They're not being malicious in the intent of trying to just get somebody to play something. But what they're trying to do is push the people who they hope already have interest in the game to, to, go, to ahead. go ahead and buy it yeah. ahead of when they were apparently. Because I guess in Bethesda's mind, they can go, look, we can either wait until the game would naturally go down to a four, which is rare, first of all. Bethesda games do not tend to drop in price. They, okay, I'll give you this example. Skyrim did not go down to $40 used in GameStop for two years. Yeah, I know. That's two what I'm saying, years. dude. That's it, it did not drop 10. I mean, I'm sure there's probably sales on it, but when Skyrim came out, there was also no Black Friday sale for Skyrim. And it came out 11 11 mm-hmm. 11. Mm-hmm. So. Skyrim uh, VR, right? Most recent. This is talking about a game $60. that's already out. Still $60. Yep. And it was on it was on Black Friday sale for 30 Which is, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Very sensible. They should have launched that 30 to begin Skyrim, with. Skyrim uh, Collector's Edition or whatever. They, what do they call it? Uh, special Edition. Special Edition. Uh, for PS4. It, or is it, $50? What, it finally dropped to 40 and it was on sale for Black Friday. This is a two-year-old game now well, for yeah, 15 but, but it but, was originally 50 right? No, when it launched, it was a full price. Okay. I couldn't remember if it was full price. Yeah, it was a full price. I know it's 60 on Switch. But anyway, when you look at those situations, it's one of those things where, yeah, you're right. There's plenty of times we've seen other games do this, and that's why I think – I'm glad you even brought up Skyrim because Skyrim is a perfect example of Bethesda, and that's why I again say that they're – the, the the flip side of it is is that Fallout 76 is an online game. So regardless of what they expected sales to be, maybe they were really honest to themselves and go, look, this is a, this is Fallout, but it's very different. People are it's going to be online only. People may not buy because of that. We're gonna even though we put a lot of money, we're gonna have modest de- first month sale expectations. Well, now it's and then and then let's the, month when this is included. Sure, in month. this is included. That's what I'm saying. Well, even then, okay, we're going to have modest first week expectations, That's and it. as the game continues throughout the year, and we improve it, and more people hear about it, and word of mouth gets out, the, it'll be worth it, and we won't have to lower the price. It'll just kind of work out that way, right? Right. You could do that, but it's very because of the fact there's an online game. I do see it being that they're like, well. We need to do something that gets more people into the game. That way the online aspect feels utilized and people aren't buying it going, why the hell did I buy this game and I'm still just playing it by myself, but it's not as good by itself as it would be with other people. And I don't know these things. Like I said, I've not played the game, but I think when you look into the mindset about what Bethesda were trying to do, in the past, we've seen them with games that were entirely story and single-player single focused. They refused to lower the price on things. Now... That's on their own franchises. To play the devil's advocate of the flip side of that, we have seen uh, within the first launch month, Wolfenstein 2 on PC, on Steam, and I can't remember anything else. It was yeah. uh, it was 50% off it was. Th- the launch month uh, on Steam. Which is crazy. Because but the game course, also underperformed. Yeah. All right. The Evil Within 2 also went on steep sale, underperformed. The Evil Within underperformed, went on steep sale. Uh, I got the Evil Within 1 within the first three months for like $19 on computer. Well, you know what's crazy is that if the games, if, I, would, I would be whistling almost a different tune. And I'm not even whistling a negative tune right now. It's more of like a shocked plus like well i want to say it's a negative that they're dropping the price this much it's, well, no no i'm talking about it's about, a positive just to finish that thought it's a positive and then you can go back to your sorry uh, it's a positive in the fact that the people who are benefiting from this are getting to buy the game cheaper and give it a try it's a negative to the people who gave their money up front i'm talking about the but, game though specifically not the pricing part sure um because if, if if it was a if it was a better game 
you're still, no matter what you do, this game could have been a 10 out of 10, performed well. It wouldn't have dropped this low, by the way, because we see that Resident Evil, or not Resident Evil, uh, Red Dead didn't do that. But And, and that's a, kind of a good hallmark in this particular time. And, and Red Dead still, just to, you know, just to frame this, Red Dead still is not an online-only game, and currently Red Dead doesn't even have an online component. Exactly. Uh, but it, it's one of those things that where even if this game was 10 out of 10, it's still almost, I'm not going to say malicious, because... That's a strong word for this, but it's a very, you know what, I guess malicious would work pretty well for this. It's a pretty malicious move to half your game off almost within a week of it coming out. Because yeah. so many people bought that game at $60. And even for the people who go, well, it's not a week, it's nine days. Okay, what is two to three more days yeah. on top of a week for for half so, the price of the game? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard to justify this. And that's why I keep coming back around to how do you justify this outside of it not hitting sales expectations. And then the problem with that is, right, is that it sets a bad precedent. It does. It sets a very bad precedent. For two things. If if people don't make a big stink about it, which, of course, they are, but if people wouldn't make a bad stink about it, then the publisher would just do this anyway. And they go, well, you know what? We'll price, well, not only in the future will we go up with the price of games, we'll start making them $70. Then after the first week or 10 days, if we don't start getting what we want, we just drop it down to $60. 50 or yeah. 60 or yeah. whatever. That's a bad precedent to have. It but is. I think the flip side of it is, is is that it still sets a bad precedent if they go, the game's not, and I I think that this should probably be said before I go with that. When you, Whenever you buy a game, you do legitimately run the risk of that game just really not doing well and having a massive back stock and then quickly them having to go, you know what? This game doesn't have legs. We we have no reason to believe this game has legs now. It didn't do what we expected it to do early on. Uh, it's getting railed by people online. Word of mouth is bad for the game, poor for the game. There's no way we're probably going to recoup our losses on this. We're going to slash the price. And th- a perfect example of this uh, was Onrush, right? We're going to yeah. slash the price by half in the launch month. Uh, we're going to try and just get all the copies that we have sold. And in the digital copies, whatever we can make off the game is better than nothing. And I think you will see that. And you take that risk anytime you buy a new game There's but i think with big publishers that you know and have a and with series that have a pedigree and have a an expectation of what you expect to get out of them day one you should look at fallout as a game even though i didn't think four hit this perfectly i think at least when i bought four and played it for sixty dollars even though i did not even though i beat it and then immediately quit playing it and didn't do any of the side stuff i still think that that was a my proposed value of sixty dollars was there i think it's really hard to take that away from somebody if by going this is a fallout game this is a known series by a big publisher i should get sixty dollars value out of this game and that should mean that this sixty dollar value that they're selling to me and saying hey this game's worth sixty should not be ten days later changed and brought down to forty dollars just because they wanted to that, and that's what I, exactly what I was going to say was, is that this is the fault of no one. I'm, I'm like nobody I know, but there is a consumer responsibility, especially electronics that you look into what you're about to buy. And it is try and make an educated decision yes. as best you can. And, and that goes for games. That goes for consoles, TVs, laptops, everything that has a motherboard, anything that has a power switch nowadays. And if, that and is then expensive. The, that and then the games, you know, because yeah. games are cheap. They, they, yeah. they're, they're not cheap. And, and I mean, they're cheaper than ever in comparison, but they're just still $60 in one t- in one swift, you know, but swipe of your credit card is not something to, to laugh at. What's funny is that there are people that made an educated guess with Fallout at $60. And they were like, you know what? This game has bugs. 
the servers may not always work, but I'm having fun with it. Yeah. And they are the ones that are hurt the most by, by this. Way, yeah. Because they are the ones that spent $25 to $30 more in a game. Yeah. I, and I agree and with that. That is where no one wins. When and you know, it's consumer electronics. Yeah. And what's funny about that, and we'll kind of probably wrap this up unless you think you have more to say. But yeah, uh, as far as that goes, it's funny that we talked about, you know, whether or not they were kind of being vultures with the marketing side of things of like, well, let's see if we can just try and get people to go ahead and buy this game. Because the flip side of that is they've already banked on that because I don't know if you've seen the case for the game. There is not very clear concise marketing that makes it obvious that the game is online only. And you talk about the people who don't maybe keep up, right? You you think about the people who don't really keep up with these things, right? And you're talking about the people walking in the store and go, oh, Fallout's a big name, and I I know enough to know that this just came out. Ten years ago, I played video games a long time. Well, even people who bought Fallout 4, right? But the people who still don't pay attention that close, and they go, well, I know enough to know that this game did just come out, and 10 days later, it's already, a, this is a deal, and that's what they go on? Yeah, and they blame well, it on Black Friday. Sure, and then the flip side of that, though, on top of that, is that the fact that we're already seeing that happening. People who don't keep up with games that much, but instead, like, say that they picked up Fallout 4, right? Uh and they loved it, and then they see Fallout 76, and you're like, whoa, what, a new Fallout already? Awesome. They go and buy it. They get home. You, you, okay, everybody, I'm sure, at this point has seen the video of the guy who was in GameStop. Oh He's God. told that he can't return Fallout 76 because he opened it, and it's the company's policy, and he freaks out and pushes everything over and vandalizes the store, essentially. Right. Uh, and, you know, it was funny. The response I saw from a lot of people were like, screw GameStop. It should be like that, blah, 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 and any number of reasons. And look, outside of from what we've heard from Josh, one of our listeners, about Australia having a policy where everything has to be returnable within the first seven days or something like that. I would never want to see that video games. Uh, the reason that that is not smart in a lot of things, definitely like video games uh, and media, is that media can be watched and open and returned. And the thing that it comes down to you should not be able to abuse that, right? If I can, and you can say it's just games, but even movies and stuff, if I could buy a disc or some form of media, open it, experience it within the return frame that you, you know, the seven days that most people give you for normal returns on anything else, uh, if I can beat it within that seven days and then return it and then get something else, then where does the profit come from? At that point, game prices start having to go higher to compensate for the people that are going to try and abuse this system. And it just, it's a lose-lose for everybody. And it's not a good, sustainable business model. You can't do that. So no, not screw GameStop. GameStop did exactly what they, they should have done. GameStop said, you know what? You opened the game. We don't know how long you played it. You could have done everything there was to do in this game. You throw in your computer and pirate it. Yeah, I mean, well, that goes for movies. True, but and that is that there's, there's definitely that millions of possibilities, or not millions. Sure, obviously, sure, and there totally, is but there is that. tons of possibilities you could do when you open a game. But I think the far not everybody's going to understand how pirating works and have the ability to do it. Right, but, but, there oh, are but everybody. If this was the policy to just be able to return anything, everybody could potentially abuse it. Right, which is why Steam does it the best. Two hours of game time, which. Now there are only works on digital storefronts. We should right. say that because that's the only way that the people who sold the game to you can really know how long you put into the yeah. game. And that would, if Sony adopted that, maybe a little bit less because there are games like uh, My Name Is Mayo and stuff that you can be twenty five minutes, like an hour. Yep. That would give you enough time to experience some of the game to know if you're going to like it or not, or if it performs well or not. Which are two of the main reasons why you would return a game. Yep, I didn't like it that much, or. It just frame rates zero. Like I can't play the game. Yeah. So and I'll give you that, and I think that that's fair enough. But yeah, going towards the the marketing thing, I know a number of people, and this happened with Call of Duty as well. 
uh, Call of Duty Black Ops 4, who bought the game because of the history they have with the series, just to find out that they weren't able to play it in any form or fashion, realistically, without having online. And either they don't enjoy playing online, or they don't pay for internet because they don't enjoy paying online, or they don't have the option for internet yeah. where they live. So that's one of those uh, malicious marketing things, too, where I, it says it on the case, but it's not obvious. And if you were just a general consumer who walked by, I think that's why I always tell people I think that GameStop should be, and this is a side tangent at this point, but I think GameStop and any place that sells you a game, uh, that sells games, and if it's like electronics department, they should have people that are definitely from GameStop, but they have no excuse. Unlike Walmart, you can walk to the back, grab it, and just walk up to the front and pay for it. You can't expect every cashier to know. But GameStop are people who are supposed to be employees who understand games at least a little bit. And I think it should be known and told by GameStop corporate, go, hey, game called Fallout 76 is coming out. If you don't know, this game's online only. Make sure everyone who purchases it you know understands that, that beforehand. Why? Because they're only going to figure that out when they go home and pop it in. Oh, I know. They, After it's opened. Yep. And that's the problem. And that's a really big issue. I know, but I'm just saying, as a company, to sell more stuff, they would never do that. I think they should because that's. I, I think they should too. That will never happen because that's how you're going to get. Ever. That's how you're going to get customers against you. Customers can go. They knew it's, it's and been, they didn't tell been, me. It's been a policy in video games, VHS, DVDs, everything for the past twenty years. Oh yeah, but not online only. Not that aspect. What do you? No, I'm talking about if you were going to GameStop and they didn't warn you or something, then you know. Well, yeah, but there's a difference between warning you. Well, it's a difference between warning you about something subjective versus something that you know for sure, right? The only other thing you could use is that if they knew because you were talking to them, and you could say a number of things, but I'm talking about in the grander scheme because you could say, well, look, you should at least know what console you're supposed to be buying the system for. Because, like, you know, of course, the moms who opened the Xbox One game and go, it wasn't working, my son's PS4. Why'd you open it? Why'd you buy it for Xbox One? You didn't even know the system? That's loose enough, right? You should know. Any consumer should Boy, know what system they have. That means he didn't really want that much. Because but I, trust me, my Christmas list came down to a T. <laughs> I knew exactly. Get me Rocket Power on the Game Boy Advance. By the way, the game is fantastic. But, uh... Get me like this, 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 this on this. I knew exactly what to ask. Yeah, but my point is that for people who do keep up and know what system they're buying it for, but don't understand and don't sit there and micromanage, look at this case, and haven't kept up with the news enough to know that it was online only, may pick that game up. And I know people who have done this already. Pick the game up, got home. Don't pay for internet because they either can't have it where they're at because they live in just too far away from everything to do it, or they don't pay for internet because they typically don't like online games and they wouldn't have bought the game had they known it was all online. I don't think it's unfair of you to expect a place like GameStop no, that should be knowledgeable of games. I'm not saying it's unfair that they don't. I'm I, and saying I, it would never happen I get what you're saying, company aspect. But it's a very different thing because one is like the other subjectives that you talked about that for 20 years or whatever is just does it is it good or not? Or yeah, something like that. But thing. as far as whether or not you have what's required to use it, that's a whole different ballgame. You know by looking at the disc, I have a PS4 it has a disk drive. This is a disk. The case says PS4. By all accounts, this will go on my system, and my system will play the game. But, but internet is this entirely separate thing where it's like, but that one thing renders the entire game useless. Right. And I'm not remember, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that if, We've this, now if this gets into the other topic. sold at GameStop. But that I get what you're saying. But my flip side of that is that's going to run GameStop out of business and any other pays out of business more because of people are going to be mad that nope. a they can't return it. Well, and this is where I begin to disagree because there is a line that the consumer should have the responsibility of the knowledge of the product they are buying before they blame it on a company for not because if you start here, where's the line end? Well, should then I buy do- this brand of dog food because 
it, you know, whatever reason why. And, and I do get what you mean in that sense, but I think that that completely steals the ability. And this is that would be a negative at some point for some games because some games rely on the fact that, and and I mean that in double A games like Vampire. Vampire may have sold even better just because somebody walked in one day and go, you know what, that looks cool. I don't need to do much. I just see the case. I flip it over real quick. I see what looks like combat. I pick it up. I end up in loving this game, and it's just a random game that I found on-the-spot purchases are something that marketing has used forever. That's not even marketing sometimes. Sometimes people go out of their way to go to the section just to look at something and go, you know what? People did that with albums forever. This album art looks cool. I'm going to go buy this that's album. True. And I don't think that th- that's one of those things. You should not have to be completely abreast of everything because all that comes down to, that's one factor. If you Even if you somehow manage to know everything else. It shouldn't come down to the store. It should come down to the, the publisher of the game putting it on the case. Well, yeah, but I mean, and then you have the I, the argument from the budget would be like, well, if we made it very obvious, then it would make the case look ugly. Well, I don't care. You need to make sure that people know there, what they're getting yeah, into. There are cigarette cartons in, I think, one or the UK. I was going to say London specifically, but they have like people. There's like mm-hmm. like the lungs on it and stuff. Like it's massive. There's no marketing on them. There is just a big old picture of like decayed lungs. There's like, you know what you're going to get now. Doesn't matter if the thing's ugly or not, mm-hmm. but. And I'd argue with that, too, but I'm just saying that's why you wouldn't. I mean, I'll give you this. I think it should also be in the publisher, but if the publisher's not going to do it, then the point of sale should do it. it, No, (laughs) no, way too much work. I don't think so. Not for a place like GameStop. If you come back at me and say, you didn't tell me this was online only, I'm going to be like, you bought the game. You should know when you bought the game. Again, not for a place like GameStop. Anywhere else, I think it's really hard to ask that of a place like Best Buy, who have people that are not entirely trained around video games. I mean, at that point, it just becomes a register prompt that you read. Like, you get a game, and bam, there it is. GameStop should do that. That's even easier. But that'll never happen, because then it could potentially lose them a sale. Yeah, I disagree. I mean, I get what you're saying. I get that it can lose them a sale, but I think it does more damage. From a no, I don't think it does any damage. What are they going to do? Refund it? Well, no, look. You they made you, profit on it. You made, well, no, you do damage in the future because I stopped doing business with you. If, if GameStop does why that, and I go, you, you have no excuse. Why do you blame the employee for not warning you on something that they may not know? I don't, do or but do I know have. that there are people that are going to do that because, well, again, they don't know somebody these somebody on this because they don't or do not know you have internet, you are the dumbass. <laughs> not that. It's not about whether they if know I or... If I go to GameStop and I don't have internet and they don't stop me from buying Fallout 76... I'm not going to blame the employee. I'm going to be mad at the game dev for not putting it on the box. Publisher. Or but publisher, yes, yeah. I, I get that. I but it, first, again, but I'll even go outside I'm of that. I'm not stop shopping at, at, at GameStop because of that. It's not their responsibility. And, and responsibility I'm not saying me or you. And I'm also saying the potential of other people who are going to do this and are going to be mad. In the world, and yeah. Y'all are wrong. I mean, I don't I know. I'm just saying you've got to look at things regardless of what we think. You've got to look at things through the eye of people who are more casual and they feel more betrayed because there's less information that they knew. Add a little new black and white box down there uh, across from the ESRB that says online only required. And look, I'm going to give you a flip, right? Or so this is outside required. of them because Sony does the same thing. And I actually think they do a pretty good job at this, but there are still people. <laughs> sorry. There are still people that occasionally buy VR games that don't realize they're VR. Despite the fact that Sony actually adds a pretty big little blue thing that's like, you're going to need these. Now, of course, so what do you get mad at the GameStop employee who had nothing to do with the marketing? No, no, no. In that in that situation, it's it's a little more because it's it's easily in the box. Same I went, situation is, is no is, same situation. I'll give you in terms of the point of sale. Different right. situation in terms, and I and again, I'll say the chain of who so should the, go publisher first, so point of sale next. Where do you stop with this though? So next time you go to GameStop, you're going to have. Did you want to print our game games today? No. Are you sure this game's coming out? No. Do you have power rewards? No. 
Did you know this game requires all internet only? Did you have that? Yes. Okay, did you know this game requires M for nudity? Did you, are you okay with that? Yes, I'm above 18. And violence? Yes. Okay, blood? Yes. It's going to become a big old thing of checking out. And that's I get what you're saying. Con- that's going to lose customers. I get what you're like saying. When you got a book to me in, do you have a reward card? No. Do you want to sign for this magazine program? I just no. don't think it pushes that far. I mean, I get what you mean. And I, I always, if you give an inch, you, you uh, always got to be prepared to take a mile yeah. thing. And I get that. And we use that a lot as a saying. But I'm just generally speaking at the same time. I don't completely think that. I don't think anybody, that's, I don't I don't think anybody but the publisher. I do agree that first and foremost, it should be the publisher. But in the case of like Fallout, because I went and picked up the case, I was like, man, it's not easily noticeable that this requires online well, I was like but then you picked up because like and this was interesting to me because when I went and bought Astrobot she said I just want to make sure that you know this is a VR game and I was like why, yeah why do I have a feeling I know exactly who you talked to oh this is a new employee I don't oh, even know okay. I've never seen her but she said that and I was like hey I'm glad you asked me that though because I was like I think it's important to make sure consumers definitely in a time like Black Friday people who want to be nice and like help represent their brand and go out of the way like that one yeah to require it of all customers to ask these questions no because it's not going to stop there. It's, I don't. I disagree. Become, but it's it, going to become badgering a mom. Who but I also, I'm not saying you're just completely wrong. I just disagree with that aspect of it. But Let anyway, us know what you thought of the episode down below? It's gone quite a long time. So for those on Facebook who wanted a long episode, you got it. I'm going to be in the doghouse tonight, but it'll be fine. Yeah. Tell <laughs> Annie to text me and yell at me. Let us know what you thought <laughs> down below. And uh, if y'all don't see me for episode 87, my body is. N- I don't know at this point. It, not discoverable. Do you think she would go all the way down to like Louisiana and just throw it in the Gulf? Probably so. Uh, we're going to say that his body will be in the Gulf. Of, uh, you know. So, hey, you know what? If you see Saul next time, then just congratulations that he didn't die. But until then, then, I got gumbo. This has been Triangle Squared. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you to our patrons, Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12. My name is Dan, Douglas Blow, Sean Sanarud, Shadowist, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Blow, Blake Popst, and Eduardo Palomino. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, the link is in the description below. Thank you.